Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. And Johnny Ramos makes it a sweet Friday as the Sweet 16 rolls on tonight in the NCAA tournament. Glad to have you with us. We are in for Doug today. A lot of college hoop stock to get to. Plus, the NFL draft just a month away. Exciting times on this Friday. And Jonas, as I like to say, TGIF. Yeah, well, Dan, uh, a little disappointed in you. Why is that? I I mean, I've got a little bit of OCD when it comes to the show. And I don't feel like this show, when we would fill in for Doug Gottlieb, can go just as normal as other shows go unless I hear something from you right as the show starts. So could you give it to us, please? I don't know. it's a Friday yeah. on the Doug Gottlieb Show here oh my on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Johnny Ramos could give us a boom. <laughs> oh, wait, you got to wait, Jonas. John's not re- We got to yeah. wait. Boom! Oh, man, look at hey. that. He yelled it from across the room. That, that's Ramos. how. What, what was weird about that is that he was able to multitask. He was able to do a bong rip and yell well, boom at the now. same time. Live <laughs> on the air. Incredible it's stuff. Shotgun, it's Shotgun Beer Friday here on <laughs> Fox Sports Radio. I wish. John Ramos has got us rolling. If anybody honestly needs a beer, it may be the guy who doesn't drink. Well, John Ramos doesn't either, but it may be me. For the simple fact of... Let's just go back, I don't know, 
21 hours or so ago here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, as we were wrapping up the show yesterday when Doug was in, he asked me while I was on the anchor desk to, I don't know, look ahead to the night's action in college basketball. So this is what we had yesterday as we wrapped up yesterday's show. Nevada, Loyola, pick one. Uh, give me the Wolfpack. Richardson gets it in, and the horn sounds. That's it. And Cinderella will continue to dance. Loyola is off to the Elite Eight. They defeat Nevada 69-68 to in dramatic fashion. A&M, Michigan. Michigan, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Pick one. A&M. C.J. Barrett is telling the crowd to come to their feet. <laughs> I love it. The Michigan Wolverines you know, this have heavy. defeated Texas A&M Westwood 99 won, by the way, to <laughs> to advance to its third Elite Eight in the last six years. Kansas State, Kentucky. Kentucky a five-point favorite. Uh, Kentucky. Uh, comes into Gilgis Alexander. He's got it on the right wing. Two seconds English. left. Puts up a three to tie. He missed it. It hit the backboard and the rim and fell off. And Kansas State is off to the Elite Eight. They defeat the Kentucky Wildcats in dramatic fashion. 61 to 58. Florida State, Gonzaga. Gonzaga's six point favorite as of now. Um, Gonzaga. Well, the surprise Ouch, of the that's NCAA an over four last night. <laughs> this time, very nice. The yeah. yeah. Florida State Seminoles yes. become just the fifth number nine seed to advance to the Elite Eight. I thought I knew what was going to happen, and I said, you know, my bracket may not be in great shape like many others. However, Jonas, I felt I got a really good feel about these teams yeah. over the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. And let's just say last night – it really showed. It, it showed on what I can do when given the opportunity to shine when it comes to college basketball. You know, sometimes they say, man, a player was so ahead of his time. If he would have played back then, oh, my God, he would have lit up the league. You know, like you, there are certain players that are just way far ahead of their time. Like Chris Bosh now once back in the NBA because this current version of the NBA would be perfect for his skill set. So there's certain players like that you go, man – if he could, like Doug Flutie nowadays, if you were playing college football, I mean, just imagine what more he could have done in the sport because of all the revolutionary. Sure. Dan, if I'm telling you, if you would have done that like 15 years ago when online sports gambling first started, you would have been way ahead of everybody else. Really? Because there was an online betting site. Now, again, I don't know this personally. No, you've heard about it. Yeah, but I've heard about this. And um, it was one of those offshore betting accounts to where when you called up to place a wager, uh, the woman answering the phone sounded like Mrs. Cleo. Like, and I'm not exaggerating at all. Thank you for calling gaming support. And you, that's how you knew you were connected okay. with somebody you could really trust with your money that you were busting tables at TGI Fridays for. <laughs> but again, I don't have any personal connection to the story. But they offered you this this thing where if you placed – bets on multiple games like a parlay and you lost every game in the parlay they would give you your money back because they felt so bad for you yeah that was actually her when it, I, I actually this is the that was actually me yeah, after watching the end of the, the, the game this will be a recording of dan buyer making all those picks this is her reaction <laughs> they would give you your money back to where you wouldn't lose your money they would feel so much pity for you the fact that you made four bets and all four losses they say here just take your money back and uh, we're going to get your business later on like you would be perfect for gambling 15 years ago i was confident that nevada was going to end the cinderella run of loyola of chicago i just thought their their size and and i just figured nevada was going to win that game and i thought texas a&m 
was the hot team. I mean, heck, Michigan shouldn't even have been there. They should have lost to Houston in that second-round game. So I liked A&M. And then I figured Gonzaga, you know, Florida State last year, they won their first-round game and then were blown out by Xavier in the second round. Gonzaga's probably going to do the same. The one that was actually I was most surprised about was Kentucky and Kansas State for the simple fact of I was just sure that Kentucky had at least a a a walk to the Elite Eight. Maybe, maybe they would have matched up differently with Nevada, but that's how I looked at it. Like Kansas State was just on borrowed time. They were lucky that UMBC beat Virginia and that Kentucky was really coming off that SEC tournament victory was going to be the team that picked up a win on Thursday. And that three-point loss to Kansas State, honestly, is the one that shocks me the most of what we saw in the Sweet 16 last night. I, I wasn't that surprised by the Kentucky game um, because even before the game started, uh, people were asking me, hey, who do you like? Uh, who do you got in this game? And I said, the Wildcats. So so I, I really <laughs> wasn't that stunned. You were, you were good happened. on both sides yeah. of, of the game. Oh, I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah, that's a good point, Dan. I Listen, John Calipari is going to get a lot of heat, and people are going to to rip him. And I've already heard it. Well, like, you know, I mean, for for all he's got, what has he really done? But let's really like identify what he has. Every single year, he's got new players. Every year, and I know that we can say, well, there's other programs around college basketball that are doing the same thing. Mike Shevsky, all that. But Mike Shevsky at least has guys like Grayson Allen, despite what you think of him who he can depend on somewhat year in and year out, or or at least guys that are going to be there for a long period of time. John Calipari has constant turnover. And I'm not feeling bad for the guy because that is the element in the environment that he has chosen to recruit in, and that is the way that he has decided to design his program with the new model and and, uh, the one-and-dones and all that. He has decided that's, that's going to be his approach. I actually think his job is more difficult than other coaches around the around the country because of the fact that he does have constant turnover. By the time these guys actually start to figure it out and gel together, it's the NCAA tournament, and then it's a crapshoot. Kentucky could could have won eight of their last nine games, finally started to figure out, but that ninth game was in the NCAA tournament and their their season's done. I, I just I think it's sort of unfair to criticize him in that regard. There is a phrase that is used often. Freshmen aren't freshmen anymore in the NCAA tournament. But for what you are saying, it is different for a program to have a guy for two years and five months as opposed to somebody just being in the program for five months like a lot of these freshmen are. And these freshmen aren't necessarily enrolling like you would, say, like a college football program now when true freshmen are more or less being able to enroll at their school during mid-break or during January so you could get there for spring practice. It's a little different for college hoops where you really only have four or five months. But if it is so much more difficult, if if that's the case for Kalapari, then why keep doing it? I, I just I think that he's gotten into this because he's selling his program, right? And if you have a, 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 a niche or something that you're able to do that nobody else is able to do and you're really, really selling your program in this manner – I, I trust that he's a good enough coach and he's good enough at this that he's going to be able to adjust to whatever rule comes out, whatever this, uh, you know, this pr- proposal of, whoa, you got to commit to two years or no years, like all, what, whatever the case would be, I think he's going to adjust to it. But I honestly feel like he thinks this is the best way to get the best players, but just because you get the best players doesn't mean you're going to have the best team. Like, like and, and he's finding that out 
but I just feel like he's sort of in this this niche to where this is the way he's gonna uh, gonna sell his program, and he's just gonna ride or die with it. There is something. <laughs> there is something to that. There is something. What a crummy song. There is something to the fact, though, of just getting the best players. And that's how Kalapari looks at it. Like, if I have the best players, I'd rather take that <laughs> hand going into every single card game. Was this all just a build up to play that? that no, chorus? I don't know. I don't know why John decided to spring it there. It's like somebody told him. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. But if you're Kalapari and you're looking at it, getting the best players is. Yeah, it, it seems pretty obvious. If you can get the best players, why not bring them into your program? Duke is actually, I believe, second amongst colleges that have sent guys to the NBA early, the, the one-and-dones that have had one-and-dones drafted. Yeah. And Kentucky is the far-and-away number one. They almost double up Duke. I think Duke had 11 and Kentucky had 21. But so it is, it's far and away that this is the model of Calipari, and I think Calipari is saying – I'll just I'll just take my chances yeah. with the best players every single time or trying to have the best players every single time. The problem becomes when you have a recruiting class like you did in 2017, how many of these guys that Kentucky has right now are truly ready for the NBA? There may be one, maybe two. And when you look at – just look at the recruiting class from 2017, if you look at what the top ten recruits were, you see a D, a D, and another D, and another D. It was Duke who really had the best recruiting class of 2017. And now all of a sudden, Duke, I think many people feel, is the odds-on favorite to win a national title. So while Calipari may be doing this year in and year out, Jonas, it's now no longer a guarantee that he is getting the best players every single time. Everybody's caught up to him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there are other programs specifically. Duke, who used to do it the the as we would say the old fashioned way right. twenty years ago and now that isn't the case I mean I don't think that I don't think Mike Shashevsky back in the day would even take transfers and, and that has also changed I remember when Corey Maggette left early and people were stunned nobody does that to Duke I mean are you who who the hell leaves Duke early mm-hmm. and Corey Maggette left and but oh he's not ready and I can't believe he's deciding to leave that program everybody stays Leitner stayed Hurley stayed Grant Hill stayed. Like nowadays, like you stay longer than two years, we're stunned. We're, we're shy. It, it's it's the it's the modern college basketball. It's the way that recruiting is done. So again, I don't feel bad for John Calipari that that he gets to this point, but ultimately he's relying on really young players who may or may not have totally gelled together as a team late in the tournament. And doesn't it seem like the tournament for him? When they don't advance or, or when he outside of the one national title when he's at Kentucky, don't they kind of feel like they end the same way every year? It's a late game situation. It's a close game. He's really, really talented, but there's one thing here that happens or one thing there. That, and I don't think it's coaching. I just think these guys are young. They still haven't fully understood how to play. Yeah, yeah you know, the other thing with that is he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt ever. Where if a recruiting class doesn't pan out, we don't realize it happening in college basketball as much except when you're doing this. Yeah. He may coach the heck out of it. I mean, I remember the 2011 Final Four team ended up being a four seed. That was the Brandon Knight year when, when he was one of the top guards in the country. He coached the heck out of that team, and they played defense. And, and that's tough to get freshmen to do. But because, Jonas, he has that advantage, 
the, there's no wiggle room for Kalapari. There's there's no there's no margin of error for us to give him leeway because every year he's just trying to reload. He could have almost a full boat of guys coming back next year, which would be dangerous for the rest of college basketball. But in the here and now, Kalapari is being criticized. Uh, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. You can get Dan on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. You can get me at the Jonas Knox. Uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, we're going to get inside details, inside information into one of the more disliked coaches in all of sports. Um, and and we will get to that uh, here coming up next before we uh, let you know that we are brought to you by True Car. Yeah, and car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, you can get John Ramos on Twitter, who just did a 60-yard dash for no reason through the studio because he didn't have his glasses, at JSRamos06. Um, coming up next here, though, as I mentioned, we are going to get to somebody who's got inside information on one of the most disliked coaches in all of sports. That is coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. This is the Doug Gottlieb. That is Johnny Ramos. That is Jonas Knox. Oh, I am Dan Bayer. What a shame. We're in for Doug. This band, Finger Eleven, their first couple albums are fantastic. They're from Canada. Finger Eleven, uh, use your mind and your imagination with that. I thought it was Antonio Alfonseca's band. Uh, oh, come on, Dan. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, but, uh, man, what a, what an embarrassment they became after their first couple albums. Just pisses me off. So you don't like that song? That wasn't a, uh, yeah, not uh, not a big fan of that. Okay, so I just you know just this it's like Nickelback. Nickelback gets a lot of heat, but their first album wasn't bad, man. And then all of a sudden they turned into some lounge act. I just don't I don't get why people get mad over like music, you know, just because like somebody likes a you know a song. Well, he's a jerk. What do you? Oh, I thought you meant Ryan music. No. Sorry about that. <laughs> Well, one guy who we know is not a jerk because he's been working overtime and then some over the last month or so covering college basketball for Fox Sports Radio. And now you can hear him every Saturday night with Arnie Spanier. It's the debut of FSR Saturday Nights. Arnie Spanier and Aaron Torres. Aaron Torres joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? You know, it's funny you say that, Dan. My girlfriend says I've I've been more of a jerk since I uh, got my own radio show. She says, you know, I'm big time in her now. I think I'm the same normal guy, but thank you guys for having me, and I'm excited, thrilled to be uh, working with Arnie starting Saturday night. I told Jonas and the guys, they said, I think I've talked to you more lately than my own wife over these uh, last go. three or four weeks because it's just been all college basketball. I mentioned at the start of the show that I was surprised most with what happened last night really with Kentucky losing to Kansas State. Should I have been surprised that the Kentucky Wildcats didn't pull it off in the Sweet 16? No, Dan, and I'll tell you why. Um, so Kansas State, there is nothing compelling about their resume. Uh, the three good Big 12 teams that will play tonight, Kansas, Texas Tech, and West Virginia, Kansas State went 0-6 against those teams this season. Um, and so – it's funny because as I sat there and looked at that game last night, I said in other radio interviews, I said, I truly believe Kentucky will have to play the worst game of their season to lose on Thursday night in the Sweet 16. And that's basically exactly what happened. Um, obviously, we saw P.J. Washington, that poor kid, couldn't make a free throw. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the point card, who has worked his way into the lottery discussion, probably played his worst game uh, in months, I think it's safe to say. 
And I think that was about the worst game that Kentucky has played all year against a high-level competition and a high-level opponent. And it happened, and I think you are, uh, you know, amongst many, myself included, that I, I'm still stunned by it. I'm still stunned that Kentucky did not win that game, and I think the bigger picture of the road to the Final Four was paved pretty clearly for them. And there's no other way to put it. They blew it last night. They really did. Uh, Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio host, FS1 uh, College Basketball Insider with us here on Fox Sports Radio. So you're also an author. You had uh, the book One and Fun, which is about John Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats. And I was saying yes, sir. I was saying that I actually think that it's his job is almost more difficult than other jobs around the country because he embraced this one-and-done reality, and now he's just recruiting guys because of the constant turnover do you feel like he ever fully has a grasp on his team or, or that it's that he, he's so focused on selling the program that by the time these guys gel together, it's the tournament, and if you have one bad half, your season's over? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think it's because he's having trouble gelling his, his, his guys or, or, excuse me, I don't think it's because he has trouble selling his program. I just think literally when you have so many young guys, so many new pieces, now this year was especially young. I mean, as recently as last year, he had two seniors that were regular contributors into the starting lineup, I just think it's hard to know what you're going to get from guys night to night. And so in this particular season, you know, I know people probably aren't totally familiar with Kentucky's personnel, but the kid P.J. Washington uh, that that missed a bunch of free throws last night, I mean, there were nights where um, he was their best player this year, and there were nights where literally they couldn't put him on the court because he he just, uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't click. Um, Quade Green, who was kind of the, the second point guard with that team, um, you know, there were nights where he was a leading scorer, and then there were nights like last night where he was basically a non-factor. And so I think that that's the hardest part of this is, is you know, it's not just the team is so young. It's the fact that when you are so young, you're just going to get so much inconsistency. I mean, look, you know, Bill, look, Jonas, you and I talked about on your overnight show last weekend with Virginia – you know, the Virginia thing, it wasn't surprising because we knew some iteration of that Virginia game against UMBC happens every year in the NCAA tournament. With Cal, I think that that is why I truly believe he did one of his better coaching jobs this year, just because with this particular group, it was so young. I just don't think he knew what he was going to get night to night from most of the guys on that roster. Aaron Torres joining us here on Fox Sports Radio on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer. We are in for Doug today. You can find Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. One more on Kentucky because when Jonas and I talked about this at the top, I also feel, Aaron, that others are starting to play the game. And when you see Duke bringing in three, four top ten guys, maybe the top, top guys that Kentucky used to bring in in years past aren't the top guys. Does that have anything to do with it? Maybe, and I'm not saying he's not getting top recruits. I'm just saying when he was getting the best of the best, now there's other schools that are taking maybe some of those bests. Yeah, Dan, you know, I brought up this point uh, with Colin Coward a few months ago is, you know, people say, well, they still got a bunch of five-star guys. Well, guys, we all cover the NBA draft. What's the difference between the first pick in the NBA draft and the 12th pick in the NBA draft? It's the difference between a potential franchise-altering player and a guy that you hope is going to be a rotation player uh, in what you're doing. And so to, to extrapolate that down one level, you're getting instead of the number one player, the number three player, you're getting number eight, nine, ten. You can, 
you know, Kentucky had more depth in their recruiting class, but Duke got all the top guys last year with Marvin Bagley currently on this roster. Trayvon Duvall was the number one point guard. Gary Trent was the number one shooting guard. They've done it for next year. They did it two years ago getting Jason Tatum, a guy that Kentucky obviously very much wanted. And so, yeah, I absolutely think it's a part of it where um, in some years you're going to get that guy that can put put the team on his back. So last year it happened to be De'Aaron Fox, and he could put him on the back. Well, you get the same guy in this recruiting class, maybe he's just not as good as De'Aaron Fox. And so, you know, I think this all plays into it is, one, Duke is starting to get those top guys. By the way, Duke has the same problems that Kentucky does. Duke has no veterans other than Grayson Allen. Duke has no depth. The difference is that their freshmen are just better, point blank. And we'll see if, if, if Duke's freshmen kind of freeze in the moment tonight the way that Kentucky's guys did. But I think this all plays into the larger thing with Calipari. And it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward because kind of as you guys said, other people are onto the game. Other people are willing to take these kids. Now that you're not getting, you know, four out of the top ten, four out of the top eight, um, how do you adjust? Because it is clear this is now the third straight year without a Final Four, and that fan base is starting to grow impatient with kind of, uh, you know, what has happened in the tournament the last couple of years. Uh, Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio host, FS1, uh, College Hoops Insider with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Last one for me. Um, the, the, the game I really want to watch later on, and I want to watch all of them, but the game, because you could say Duke-Syracuse, but that's more of a, it's, it's got the big names, the coaching legends, all that. West Virginia, uh, Villanova, I can't wait to watch. You've had a chance to see West Virginia uh, in person a couple of times now. What is your biggest takeaway from Bo- uh, watching Bob Huggins' team? Yeah, I saw him in person twice last weekend. Got yelled at, at by Bob Huggins at a press conference. I got the full West Virginia experience last weekend. It was fun. <laughs> um, so, no, I, I, look, my takeaway is kind of, and I was joking, Bob Huggins actually is, great guy he's been a guest with me on fox sports radio before but you know they play this this frenetic pressure defense and first of all they're just bigger physically than they look on tv which is saying something because they're big as you know what on tv um they're tough they're physical and what was what blew me away jonas and 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 dan is that it the way that because they're so physical they get you off your game and get you playing their game. I mean, I, you know, the Marshall game started. Marshall, a team personnel-wise, not as talented as Villanova, but they kind of try to do the same thing. And it was amazing. Marshall makes their first three three-pointers. They jump up 9-2. to two. Then all of a sudden, you know, West Virginia throws a few elbows to your ribs. You know, they, they, you know a couple scrums that, you know, for a loose ball that get a little physical and nasty. And all of a sudden, two, three possessions later, you see Marshall throwing those elbows. You see Marshall trying to give a little extra oomph, you know, when they're diving for a loose ball. And you realize all of a sudden, West Virginia's in Marshall's head making Marshall play their game. And so to me, um, that is the fascinating thing to me with Villanova before the tournament. Look, I'm not here to brag about my bracket because it's non-existent at this point. But I did pick West Virginia to beat Villanova for that exact uh, reason, and I think it's very much in play tonight. I just think, like I said, until you see that West Virginia, the physicality, the toughness that they bring, there's no real way to prepare for it. I think Villanova, I, I'm not going to sit here and say they're in trouble, but I do think it could give them trouble going into tonight. Get the first reaction on who makes the Final Four this Saturday night on Fox Sports Radio, as you'll hear Aaron Torres 
with Arnie Spanier at 11 o'clock Eastern time, the debut of FSR Saturday nights, and also read Aaron's stuff on The Athletic. We appreciate it, Aaron. Have fun. No problem, guys. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. Thank you. Find him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. Uh, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb here, Fox Sports Radio. Get Dan on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Coming up next, though, uh, something that you loved growing up in sports looks completely different now. We'll tell you what that is next here on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, ladies and gentlemen, roll out that red carpet and say hello to Steve. DeSager. And a simple good afternoon, gentlemen. We have four games in the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament tonight. The late contest in Omaha is 2C Duke against Syracuse. Syracuse has kept it low scoring for three straight games and won three straight in the tourney, giving up only about 53 points a game. Keep in mind, Syracuse was the last team into this tournament. The late game in Baston, the East region, is two-seed Purdue against Texas Tech, about 10 p.m. Eastern time for that start. Ten NBA games, the Boston Celtics are at Portland. Celtics guard Kyrie Irving will have a procedure on his sore knee tomorrow. The team calls it minimally invasive. Milwaukee's at Chicago. Miami at Oklahoma City, Heat guard Dwayne Wade might play tonight. He's had a hamstring injury. Wade did go through shoot-around today. Chris Paul of Houston is doubtful for this weekend with a hamstring injury. The Dallas Cowboys signed wide receiver Alan Hearns, who was cut by Jacksonville this week. Cleveland signed former Buffalo defensive back E.J. Gaines. He played for Browns defensive coordinator Greg Williams with the Rams. Defensive back Tremon Williams returned to the Packers with a two-year deal, according to NFL Network, which also says Eagle safety. Malcolm Jenkins had thumb surgery to repair ligaments. And former Dolphins owner Wayne Huizenga died last night at the age of 80. Back to you. Thanks a lot, Steve. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. That's Jonas Knox. John Ramos here as well as we are in for Doug. He mentioned that Syracuse-Duke game tonight in the Orange, keeping it low scoring. I also kept it low scoring in college. Just uh, not by my own choice. Yeah, that was uh, quite the opposite of 1991 John Ramos at Laverne. High-scoring offense. Back in the day. Minus the scoring. You know what I mean? (laughs) Pothead. Oh, I don't know about that. 1991. John Ramos in college was the Loyola Marymount when it came came to dating. It was was crazy. Wouldn't you say you were a running gun up and down the floor style, John? Well, more like a low seed that aimed high. Oh, that's... uh, Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. John was the Cinderella back in the day, you could say. Yeah. The uh, the tournament was different back in the day as well. There's there's there is a different feel, and I don't know Jonas if it's because my buddy once told me he goes everything when you were 12 years old was the best, whether it's the best, yeah, you know, like that like that feeling. But you feel that way with the NCAA tournament that this is just it's just this tournament here isn't the tournament that you remember 20 yeah. some years ago. Well, okay, like here's here's how the best way I would compare it. So when I was younger, we used to go to this uh, this Catholic school, like after school program. My parents made us go. To, I hated it. So I just want to say that for the record. But I remember going there and, and basically growing up there as a kid. And so you go to this Catholic school um, in Thousand Oaks and you hang out there and, and you go to the after school program and they have this church carnival like twice a year there. And so I remember going to the church carnival. It seemed like the only time I liked actually going to the school and there was a carnival and all that. And then, like, years later, I uh, went to the church carnival, and I'm strolling through the school with a beer in my hand, all right? Now, the fact that they sell beer at a church (laughs) carnival, 
that's a, that's another conversation altogether. But I remember scrolling through with the, just rolling through with this this beer in my hand, just kind of looking at everything, and I couldn't get over how tiny everything was. But when I was a little kid, it seemed huge. Like I went to wash my hands in the restroom and I had to like bend over to my ankles to reach the sink. But when I was a kid, I could barely get my arms over and it was just crazy to me how much smaller everything seemed. The NCAA tournament when I was a kid was the biggest thing. It was my favorite sporting event to watch. It was, uh, I, I loved it every year. I could not get enough of the NCAA tournament and it just seemed like this biggest extravaganza. I'm watching last night and they're wrapping up the final game. And I'm thinking to myself, Christ, we're, we're barely a week into this thing. And it's almost, it's like not that many games left. Like, what the hell happened? Like, next week's going to be the final four and it's going to be all over. And it's cool if you have ADD and you don't want to spend a lot of time on, you know, like the NBA playoffs where it's two months, a month and a half, which are unwatchable basketball. That's neat and all. But when I was, it just seems so much bigger when you're younger. And now it goes by so fast that we're already, half of the teams in the Elite Eight are determined. And in 48 hours, we're going to know a, a majority of the final four. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know if it's because we're adults or if it's maybe we just are. I don't remember spring training being as crazy as it is now. I have got more than a handful of friends, Jonas, that say, I got to go to spring training. Got to go to spring training. Oh, I, at some point, got to oh, take the God. trip to Arizona. Were they, were, they, were they interested in watching their favorite baseball team? Granted, I come from the upper Midwest in Wisconsin, so getting a, a getaway to a nice destination where the weather is is warm, I can I can understand that. But I didn't remember it as much when I was younger. I also don't remember the NBA being as exciting as it was. And I don't know if it's these other things that are distracting where maybe we were just in full tournament mode or if it is just the simple fact that we were 12 years old and that's the only thing that we could think outside of. I actually do think for some reason it's the ability to do all these different things and it's the emergence of the NBA, it's the spring training feel, it's the NFL carrying over where maybe we're distracted so our attention isn't solely on the NCAA tournament. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week, we weren't talking about the Sweet 16 matchups. We weren't looking forward to a matchup on a Thursday or Friday night. Maybe in other years we we would. Maybe that's even also more about college basketball. I just think that there's more available to us now that are bringing us and maybe taking us away from the tournament. I don't get spring training, man. I mean, neat. It's practice, and nobody takes it serious, and you can sit on grass and catch home run balls and watch guys with no names on the back of their jersey wearing uh, 84 round the bases. That's cool, but, man, I do not get spring training. I've been to a preseason NFL game, all right, and it was cool, very relaxed. I do not get spring training. I would rather put my dog to sleep again than go to a spring training. But I don't think it's the result. I don't think it's the result of the game that you're wanting to see. I think it's everything that comes with it. I think it's just the the spring brings new life in baseball as you're looking ahead to the summer. Yeah, I'm- as I said, like growing up, growing up as as we did in Wisconsin. I mean, there. <laughs> The Northeast right now is getting right. dealt with snow. And and that That's a different perspective because, like, we're used to the nice weather out here in L.A. It rained a couple of days this week, and people were uh, looking around like, oh, my God, it's the end of the end of time. People didn't go to work. True story because traffic wasn't that bad. Well, John's here days. today. Thank God for that. 
<laughs> decided to show up today. He was able to navigate uh, from to the, his movie premiere. Yeah. That he went to. <laughs> By the way, total side note, John, did you miss the management meeting for a yeah. movie premiere on Tuesday? Yes. Uh, what I said was I had a previous engagement was what the, the term I actually used, which yeah. is true. Yeah, John did have a previous engagement. He told me I'm not going to be in the meeting today, just a heads up. Yeah. After the meeting, I went on Instagram and I saw him and Suzanne out in front of an Arclight studio movie poster. <laughs> Taking getting, selfies. Getting ready for, like, I don't know, Iron Man meets Thor 4. It was something. actually Pacific <laughs> Uprising, Pacific okay. Rim Uprising. And by the way, not to say that I was just going to see a movie, the review is up at foxsportsradio.com. Oh, okay. so it was a work assignment. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, I was by, working. By the way, if you do have thoughts on John Ramos skipping a manager's meeting Jeez. to go to a movie premiere, <laughs> you can tweet us at Dan Byer on Fox or at the Jonas Knox, but you've got to hashtag it priorities. All right, you oh, need no. hashtag priority so we can get your thoughts on By it. the way, before we move on, yes. next Tuesday's manager's meeting, there are no movie premieres at night. It's Monday night, Ready Player One. <laughs> okay, oh, Ready Player One. Spielberg, right? Look yes. at that. It, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> that is correct. All right. Um, yeah, but it, 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 it seems... Like I get spring training, it's a, it's a, it's fun. It because you know that I, I can understand why people in the Northeast look to spring as hope. Like you growing up in Wisconsin, you do look to spring, and it's like, oh man, finally the cold weather is gone. Maybe it is just growing up out here in in LA, not used to having that cold weather. So maybe that's just a different perspective. I think it does. I think the the I, I think the NBA and the NFL as well, just because how much the popularity of the NBA has taken off where you're distracted. I remember waiting for Sweet 16 games all week long. And not that there there aren't great matchups. I know this bracket is maybe a little different than other years where you're looking for, but you know, we always go back to the same issues of college basketball. If there was a if there was a, you know, a Duke Kansas not a lead 8 matchup but a Sweet 16 matchup, it's something we would be looking forward to. I don't think that these matchups on the Thursday or Friday provided us unless you're a fan of the school any desire to watch the games. I was kind of like whatever about yesterday's game, and, the, and then Nevada and Loyola turned into a pretty good one, so that brought me in. But I, I, I also think it's just baseball, it's football, it's the NBA all also grabbing your attention during this time. Or unless you're tweeting out live betting results, um, you know, during uh, some of the games on Thursday night. Not to call anybody out here, Scott Shapiro, but um, just, <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe there was that too. Just want to say. All right, uh, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, this is going to determine, this is one of the great things we do here at Fox Sports Radio. All right, well, we are going to tell you odds on major sporting events, all right? But, but it's unlike anything you've heard before. Find out what we're talking about next year on FSR. I'm Dan Byer. That's Jonas Knox. John Ramos is here as well. Ramos. You can always listen to this show on iHeartRadio and also on SiriusXM Channel 83. You're not hearing Doug today, so you've got us three, and now you've got us four. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug is doing the herd on Fox Sports Radio. And for Colin Cowherd today, Steve DeSager joins us now to make this a foursome. How you doing, Steve? Doing well. And what game, John, are we playing today? What are the chances? Yes! Oh, what are the chances we're playing this game? Yes! What are the chances that we're all back together for one of the shows next week, maybe, <laughs> filling in? All right. <laughs> okay, item number one in the news, the Cleveland Browns owner is scouting quarterback still. Today he was in Wyoming watching QB Josh Allen worked out. He was USC's pro D uh, in attendance 
this week watching Sam Darnold at UCLA. Private workout that the Browns had with Josh Rosen. And this week, a workout at Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield. So the question for each of you, what are the chances that the Cleveland Browns specifically draft one of these four quarterbacks in the top four next month? Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Mayfield. Steve, this is a done deal. 100% chance that the Cleveland Browns will take one of those quarterbacks. There is there is no other way that they can go. 100% chance this happens. Um. Well, let's look at it like this. They've brought in Tyrod Taylor. They clearly need talent in a lot of areas. There's a, 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 an, a love affair with Saquon Barkley brewing. Bradley Chubb would be a, a, a good pass rusher on the outside. They need talent all over the place. Quentin Nelson is a guard that would immediately improve an offensive line that lost, just lost a Hall of Famer. So I will give it a 50% chance okay. what? that they draft one of those quarterbacks. Wow. They either what will the or they won't. <laughs> Michael Bennett in the news today. The veteran defensive end now with the Eagles has been indicted in Texas on a felony charge as a warrant out for his arrest. Apparently, he was trying to rush the field after the Super Bowl overtime in Houston a year ago, not as a player, just to get on the field for the celebration with his brother. And in pushing through the security, he knowingly, this is the allegation, injured a 66-year-old paraplegic who was helping with security at NRG Stadium. This punishment in Houston for the charge would carry up to 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. What are the chances Michael Bennett does one day in prison for this felony? Uh, I think it's a big fat 0%. I think that there will be some sort of deal worked out and Michael Bennett will not be in jail for this charge. Um, I have spent a lot of time... Uh, taking care of and working with elderly people. So I have a soft spot <laughs> I in my heart. I honestly thought you said, I've spent a lot of time no, in jail. And no, I no, can I, tell you. no, come on, Steve. I Listen, we'll leave my past out of this. All but right. I've spent a lot of time. So I have a soft spot for elderly people. And I think the abuse of elderly people is underreported in this country. And it makes me sick. All right. So I'm going to modify and tweak this just a little bit. I'm going to give it a 50% chance that Michael Bennett is a piece <laughs> of trash. I can I'm going to say that. How's that? Going? Thank you. I can yeah. see where we're going with this game. Story three. What do you mean, Steve? Purdue, well, we'll find out. <laughs> Purdue center Isaac Haas has NCAA clearance to play in the Sweet 16 game against Texas Tech tonight. He's the guy who fractured his elbow first round. He can compete with an approved brace now. The final decision to play tonight is up to the Purdue coach. What are the chances that this 7-2 center, 15 points a game, plays tonight? Oof. Well, Purdue has to win tonight. If oh, to yeah. <laughs> we'll just continue with that from last week. <laughs> they, I say it is a 0% chance that mm. Isaac Haas plays tonight. I saw him make a pass yesterday in a short video, or it was Wednesday, and he passed with his left arm. He couldn't even pass the ball with his right arm. I don't know how you're supposed to shoot or grab a rebound. Zero percent chance in my mind Isaac Haas plays so for Purdue tonight. We should be asking who plays first, Markel Fultz or Isaac Haas oh, at this point? Oh, man, Steve, <laughs> do you have to be so harsh? I will say this. Uh, he's going to have this brace worked on. They're going to put it on. He really wants to play. Uh, he realizes this could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get this far and to play this deep into the tournament. So I'm going to be more optimistic than Dan. I'm going to give it a 50%, 50% chance yeah. that, he, that he plays. He may, yeah. he may play tonight. Yeah. It's almost like Steve knew I was going to say that. Uh, almost. Almost like that.
What are the chances that I'm going to know what you say after this story about Steph Curry, who's had the bad ankle but will definitely play starting against the Hawks at Golden State tonight? Your question, gentlemen, a guy named Quinn Cook had been subbing for Curry as the starter in the last three games, averaged 24 points a game. Will Steph Curry tonight score 24 points or more against Atlanta in his what first game chances? back? Yes, we know the name I, of the I, game. I, I, I think the chances of him scoring more than 24% are... Points. Or, or 24 points, 24%. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to be as negative as Dan here uh, because I look at Steph Curry as an all-world player. Um, I look at, at what has happened in Golden State. They're still the best team in the league in my mind, so I am going to give it... 50%. Oh, 50% chance That's game, huh? that they score. This it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. What are the chances that the NBA knew what they were doing scheduling Hawks-Kings last night on the night of the NCAA tournament? I got one for you, Dan. What are the chances that there's a woman outside the studio taking your picture right now? Oh, gosh, I what? don't know. She she better not be taking a picture, but she better have potato chips. <laughs> the other half of the Sweet 16 settles out tonight in the NCAA tournament. Glad to have you with us. Is John Ramos is here as well. Ramos. Boom, it's a Friday as we roll on on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. Jonas, they can get you at. At the Jonas Knox. And, John, your Twitter address for March Madness well, when March Madness starts, I like to just change things up a little bit. I'm thinking there are Cinderella teams. There are teams that kind of you don't expect to be there. And that's what I like to do. I like to have unexpectations out there. J.S. <laughs> unexpectations. Is that a movie? At, <laughs> at J.S. Ramos 06. 06. Is that for all the six seeds that are left in the Ooh. NCAA tournament? Dan, you hit it right on the head. All right. If only I had a bunch of nine seeds left, too, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> there are no six seeds left. They've all been eliminated. I knew that. It's, they are they are done. They are on their way home. Their season is over. Clemson takes on Kansas in the first game, and then about 20 minutes after that, West Virginia and Villanova is a game that Aaron Torres, our good friend here at Fox Sports Radio, is dying to see just for the matchup problems that West Virginia can present, it'll be interesting to see how Villanova attacks that as Aaron Torres joined the program a little bit earlier. We'll hear from him in a bit. Syracuse Duke and Duke grabbing the headlines in Texas Tech and Purdue will play the last game. Syracuse and Duke is interesting for the simple fact of, as I look at it, as we're in the media, there is this media oh, angst for Syracuse oh. just because there is so much Syracuse love from members of the media. It's I, I would, makes me sick. I would compare it to maybe just working at a at an office building where everybody went to the same school, so everybody loves that that school, and you ended up going to a different one. So not only do you not like that school, you loathe that school because you want all of your other coworkers who have unrealistic expectations and desires for their program. You want to see them be miserable. That's how I kind of feel as a member of the media. We look at all those. The many, many people who ended up going to Syracuse. Yeah, I uh, my brother owns a restaurant, and they do a Christmas party every year, holiday party. And uh, my other brother was like, hey, you going to the holiday party this year? I'm like, why the hell would I go to the holiday party? Well, because it's a, the family restaurant, so why wouldn't you go? I'm like, I don't work there. I have nothing in common with them. I, like, I don't, I don't get those conversations. Like, I don't understand them. So when the Syracuse love starts firing off back and forth, I just don't get it, man. Like, I don't, I don't get it, and it is – just the ball washing of that program 
is over the top, and it's people we work with, so we follow them on Twitter. It's just too much. So I always root for whoever's playing Syracuse. <laughs> and tonight they will face Duke. True story that there have been writers that I follow that I had no idea what their background was until a Syracuse game was yeah, on. and an orange pops up. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you see a score, something like that, that you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Funny that Syracuse could bring in so much angst and hate because Duke seems to do the same thing. And I there is there's no doubt in my mind with with all of the backlash that we talked about with John Calipari a little bit earlier that Duke brings in, in my mind, the most amount of hate in college basketball. Yeah. And and, and then as as you as you try to broaden it out, Jonas, I think a very good argument could be made that Duke may be the most hated sports team overall by fans. There are very, very few that garner the dislike and hate that certain franchises do, but I think Duke is at the top of that list of just of a team. And we're not talking about natural rivalries. If you're, uh, let's just say you're an Oklahoma fan, you don't like Texas, you don't like Oklahoma State, it's just the general dislike of Duke. And I think on the professional level included, there are very few teams and schools that can – deserve to draw that sort of hatred towards them like Duke has the last 20 to 25 years. And nobody likes feeling like they're stupid. You know, like nobody wants to feel like they're a moron or that somebody's smarter than them. You know, because like if you say, oh, well, I'm better than you. I mean, that's debatable. It could depend on what we're talking about. So like when you think about the teams that people hate in sports, Patriots, uh, Yankees, to be a couple of examples, like the Patriots – are a great franchise, and they're better than you. But it's like their fans think they're smarter than you. They've still got that Boston attitude, and they've still got that in-your-faceness to them. Uh, the Yankees, they're they're successful. They've got multiple championships, but it's still got a blue-collar feel because it's New York, and, and there's so much pride in the city. With Duke, they're successful, and they're better than you. Oh, and by the way, they're also smarter than you too. Like, and that just sort of adds on to the to the layer of of things that people really can't stand about the program because you've got to be really smart to go there. And not only are they better than you in basketball, but they're better than you in recruiting, and also they're smarter than you. Here's our degree to prove it. So I think there's that layer. Yeah, too. and it's funny when you look back. We were talking about what college basketball was like when we were growing up in the '80s for myself, and in the '90s for you of when you look at programs, Duke in that mid to late 80s was actually looked at as a team that was disappointing because yeah. they would get to the Final Four and then they wouldn't produce. They wouldn't win a national championship. And it wasn't until 1991 when they knocked off UNLV and that undefeated running Rebels team that Duke really came on the map. And I would, I would argue that there were a lot of fans at that time that were actually cheering for Duke for the simple fact of they wanted to see Goliath go down yeah. and they wanted to see the unbeaten team. And now when you look back on it, that was the start in my mind of the true real run because you had Duke winning the back-to-back. -back. You had a Michigan team with the Fab Five the next year that ended up grabbing so many headlines and so many young people ended up gravitating towards because they were just excited about Chris Weber, Jalen Rose, and the Fab Five, and then Duke knocked them off as well. And you had Christian Leitner, who really was a played a great villain. You you had guys that you were familiar with that you could 
maybe start to just dislike, and that ended up starting this run of pure success and and the eliteness of Duke that is that has gone over the last twenty five years. And that's why, Jonas, I think it's so difficult to really look for another sports team or a sports program that is disliked as much just because it's purely elite for the simple fact of Alabama has been dominant in college football. I don't think people hate and loathe Alabama, but for the simple fact of Duke just being the elite program that they are with everything you said about being better than you, being smarter than you, making more money than you do, yeah, all of that is thrown into it. And I think that's why I think the hatred is so strong for the Blue Devils. And there's also this this element of layover into the pros. Because you remember the biggest knock on Duke was, oh, yeah, Duke player can't make it in the pros. They're system guys. It's the North Carolina players that make it in the pros. And then lately – I don't know, Kyrie Irving's pretty good, and uh, Jason Tatum looks like he's going to be pretty good. And there's been some players that have come out of Duke to where it's like, yeah, well, we've got to find something else because now we're starting to lose that one as well too. Like they just continue to be successful. That's why I think you can really make an argument that the coaching job Mike Krzyzewski has done at Duke is as impressive as any that we've seen in history because he didn't just do it in one era. He's done it in – different decades to where recruiting has changed, the game has changed, systems have changed. Oh, and by the way, let me go coach the U.S. Olympic team, and you've got every one of those players who respect him to the end saying, this guy's a genius. Like That's why you can make the argument he's one of, one of the great coaches, not just in basketball, but in any sport of all time. Looking at just the length of the tenure, and you look at the success that a Kansas and North Carolina has had, and granted, their coaches have been the Roy Williams there for a while at Kansas and then goes to North Carolina, and now Bill Self taking over, who, by the way, is the most tournament wins of any Kansas coach, which is crazy to think. But it is also the consistency of Coach K. And, yeah. and, and to see that and to see how it has changed. Other programs have adapted as well, but it hasn't been with the same coach. I mean, Jim Beheim, heck, tonight may be just the, the only matchup that you could really see of two any more of two legendary coaches staying with that one program and being there that length of time. But Duke has really adapted. You mentioned the point earlier when Corey Maggette was criticized for going early in the yeah. NBA draft, and their one and duns wasn't a Duke thing. Transfers weren't a Duke thing. And guess what? Now there have been a lot of one and duns at Duke that have been drafted in the first round. They've taken transfers. He's really, really changed the way that they've approached things in Durham. Yeah, no, it's uh, – I, I, I think ultimately, though – like, if you're the NCAA committee, like, if you're TBS, Turner Sports, CBS, like, seek quietly. You're you're going, somebody get Duke into the Final Four. I mean, somebody get him there. Because you need that element of angst and hate. Yeah. You got to have that, it, man. It's even more so than Kentucky. If you had to take one team yeah. that would be that, that polarizing franchise, it's the same thing with baseball, I think, with the Yankees. And I really think that the Yankees, I don't think that the Patriots are comparable – Dallas may be because there may be this this sort of swag with the Cowboys, but yeah. they haven't had the success to back it up like Duke has or the Yankees have had recently. But I do think that if you were to pick in Major League Baseball, if the Yankees aren't in the postseason, it is a different feel. And that's the same thing with Duke. If there was no Duke in the Sweet 16, it would be a different feel. Yeah. No, it's uh... – and plus, maybe some people here at the network might have Duke to win the whole thing and could kind of could use that prize at the end. So maybe there could be that as well. Too. Today's show is brought to you by True Car Car Shop. It can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, Dan, is there a, where would we rank 
as far as what's on the uh, big screens here at Fox Sports Radio in, in the studio. <laughs> Which generous with big. Uh, which one is the worst? There were three sporting events going on. All right. We have got uh, Dan watching the Sala uh, Open, uh, the, the golf the match tournament. play. Yeah, ma- yeah. I, yeah, I know that. Uh, match play open at uh, Country Club. And Austin. then John was watching a spring training game. And then I have got the Italy Argentina friendly, the soccer game on. Which is the worst? I would like to nominate mine. <laughs> I would say the uh, the soccer game is pretty pathetic that we have that on live in the studio. I I would say yeah because this doesn't mean anything. Nothing this is just at a all. Friendly. Yeah, this, it doesn't mean anything yeah, at all. Yeah, that that I would probably have to go with with the soccer match as okay. well. John, do you have a vote? Uh, spring training, the golf tournament, or the soccer game? I would say yeah. I agree with you. The soccer game would Thanks, be John. the one. Okay, thank you. But I mean, Italy's going to look good in the World Cup, so we'll be all. Good. Oh, Ooh, you know what, John? That's out of line. John. Hey, I can I can chill morph, out, John. Bud. Chill hey, out. Hey, I can change on the fly. I'm a Mexico fan in the World Cup this year, John. You know what I mean, Carnal? <laughs> Steve Desager's loving that. Yeah. Steve Desager is. He's cheering for Mexico too. Hey, knock it off! Come on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Get Dan on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. You can get me at the Jonas Knox. Coming up next, though, here on Fox Sports Radio, uh, there's a team in the NFL that holds all the power right now. They have got all the power. Find out who we're talking about next here on FSR. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show, but Doug was in for Colin Cowherd on the herd today at Fox Sports Radio. So you've got me, Dan Beyer, Jonas Knox, and John Ramos hanging out as well on this Friday, getting you set for the weekend. Sweet 16 rolling on even more tonight with the Midwest and East regions action taking place in Boston and in Omaha, Nebraska. In New York City, there was a big trade yesterday in the National Football League as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft, just a little, just barely, like a month and three days away we are from the NFL draft. But a trade yesterday that went down that, Jonas, was noteworthy for the simple fact of there was a named player, and that was Jason Pierre-Paul being dealt by the Giants to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, what I've heard over the last 24 hours and what I've read and, and just stuff that I've been able to look over, I've been surprised to see the reaction on this trade and how it connects to the NFL draft. And what I mean by that is I look at the draft as being completely wide open as we are, what, 34 days away from the start of the draft. I think it is completely wide open except that number one where the Cleveland Browns are going to pick. And I think that every pick after that, even the pick that the Jets used to move up to number three still could be moved in – in my mind, I think there could be an opportunity if the Jets really wanted to, to move up to number two. But yeah. the trade yesterday, the fact of the matter is, is I heard many people say this this seals the deal. The New York Giants are going to take Bradley Chubb of NC State as their first round pick, and this allows the New York Jets to get the number two quarterback behind whoever the Cleveland Browns. Wow, take. you really think that? That is not what I think. Oh, okay. yeah. That is that is that what I have seen. And I looked at yesterday's trade as the complete opposite. I look at yesterday's trade as the New York Giants saying, "Okay, we may be interested in Bradley Chubb, but there is no way in heck he is going to go number two overall. So we are absolutely open for business." And I look at the teams that are looking to move up as possible trade partners for the New York Giants, with them to still be able to get their guy 
if they were to drop down in the first round of the draft. I think yesterday's move set up even more movement that we could see before now on April 26th. Yeah, especially in a, in a quarterback draft class that we've been hearing about for multiple years now. If a team – you've already seen Buffalo try and move up. Uh, the, the Jets reportedly talked to Cleveland about moving up. Who knows what the asking price was at number one. Uh, by the way, if you think that the uh, that the Cleveland Browns aren't taking a quarterback at number one, then why did they turn down whatever the offer was to move up to number one? I mean, come on. So if you're Arizona or Buffalo or one of those other teams, you've got to be calling the Giants. Like you, you have to be calling the Giants, and then it and then it turns into you know the Giants with an opportunity to screw their you know quote unquote crosstown rival over by trading with another quarterback needy team that moves up to two and grabs the guy that maybe might be there at number two that the Jets were hoping were going to be there. I don't, I don't see. I, I'm with you. I didn't see that as being. One means the other, that they traded Jason Pierre-Paul. Now they're going to grab Bradley Chubb. I think if the Giants were to get a decent enough offer from whoever was willing to move up, it could, listen, it could be the Broncos who are sitting there at five and say there's a huge difference between the second and the fourth best quarterback because, man, if somebody moves up to four with Cleveland, now the Broncos are on the outside looking in with no real quarterback plan long-term, although they did get Case Keenum that was, quote-unquote, John Elway's Target all along was Case Keenum, <laughs> quote unquote. I, I, yeah, I think it opens up a lot of different opportunities, a lot of different options. That's what makes this time of year so fun. Whether the Giants and Jets would, whether the Giants would do a deal with the Jets is a completely different story. Oh. But, the, but the fact is, is at least the Jets are in a spot where if they wanted to do what the Bears did last year, they could. If they were afraid of win Buffalo, five games, they were <laughs> moving up just the one spot to get the quarterback that they've wanted. That's It's not unprecedented for a team to do that since we saw it 11 months ago. If the Jets really do like a quarterback and feel that the Browns are going to take Sam Darnold, why not jump up to number two just to secure yourself the peace of mind knowing that you are going to get the guy that you want? You mentioned Denver as being a possibility. If Denver moves up from five to two on a draft day trade, that isn't out of the realm of possibility no. by any means. So if you're the Jets and you want to stop that from happening, then why not just give up a little bit extra to move up the one spot? It isn't you don't have to sell the farm to the New York Giants to do a deal. The Giants still would be able to then get the guy that they want at three, whether it be Bradley Chubb or someone else. And in Jonas, it opens it up even more because if Denver did want to move up, sure you've got the Colts sitting there at three, but you would also have Saquon Barkley available. You would also have Quentin Nelson available. I don't think that the Giants should risk their draft in in the hopes of getting Bradley Chubb and definitely shouldn't take the defensive end at number two, especially if you're already playing paying Olivier Vernon $17 million next season. Like, JPP was more of a salary issue. You don't need to pay defensive ends the amount of money that you are to to have a successful team. We know that the Giants, to have bookend defensive ends, that's not what's going to make the Giants a successful team in the National Football League. They need a lot of pieces, and trading down just makes the most sense. And I, I just I, you mentioned Denver. That's a possibility. I still think Buffalo could make two moves to get up to number two. And if, the, if Buffalo is trying to make another move to, to jump up that high from 12, then that brings the Jets even more in because wouldn't the Jets want to try to figure out a way to stop Buffalo from maybe getting their guy since they're in the division? There's so many layers oh, awesome. to it. And, so awesome. And that's why I just don't think that, oh, there it is. We've got the Browns taking Darnold. Giants are going to take Chubb. And then the 
Colts or excuse me, the Jets will take their quarterback and then we're over to the to the Browns. I don't I don't see that happening. If we already know that a quarterback is going to go one and three, I think it opens so many things for number two. And also think about last year when the big trade was made, it was on draft day. While the 49ers were on the clock, the Bears moved up one spot, traded multiple picks, and then stunned everybody to go up and, and take Mitch Trubisky. Man, we've got, what, a month till the draft? I mean, there mm-hmm. are so many things that could happen. There are so so many possibilities uh, as far as uh, teams moving up. What if the Patriots shock everybody and say, we want to find Tom Brady's heir apparent, and they move up to number? I mean, there's like there's so many things that could possibly go down with this draft because when you've got a quarterback draft class that is that is this well thought of by so many people, quote, in the know and has been for a couple of years, I think anything's on the table. So if you're one of those teams and you feel like you got a quarterback, and who's to say the Giants don't take a quarterback? Like, if the Giants stayed there and they took a quarterback, now you've got the Jets sitting there. If the Giants take the take the Jet, the quarterback that the Jets wanted, maybe the Jets move back and say, screw it, we'll just deal with what we got for another year and try and figure Like, there are so many layers to this. Arizona needs to move up. The Buffalo Bills need to move up. Like, those are just a couple of teams that you would think would, would be shopping for a quarterback at this point. Miami's sitting on the outside looking in. They need a lot of things to happen for one of those guys to fall to them because they reportedly want a quarterback, and they like Baker Mayfield. So what if Miami puts together mm-hmm. a package and moves all the way up? There's a lot that could go down. I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts traded down again. Yes, For a team oh, that, yeah, why that not? needs so many pieces. And if you're Chris Ballard trying to restock and get something going in Indianapolis – why not trade down again from six? And that may take another team out of the Bradley Chubb sweepstakes. I mean, there are, if you if the Giants really wanted the defensive end from North Carolina State, you could trade down to three and you could trade down to five and still get him. Jonas, I, I think that the Browns are going to be in a spot where if they do take Darnold number one, they're going to be looking at Saquon Barkley at number four. Yeah. And I think it's going to be very difficult for them to pass up, especially a year after you took Miles Garrett, number one overall. The it's it's great to put pressure on the quarterback. And I've said if I had a first round pick, I would just draft offensive linemen and defensive linemen for the first three rounds, year after year after year, and just continue to to restock that position and get my skilled players at maybe different spots. But the fact is, you don't need to go defensive end, defensive end in back to back drafts in the at the top of the draft. And I just I I look at the Giants as now seeing how it's playing out. If they really wanted Bradley Chubb and they really felt it was their need, then they have places to do it. And if they wanted to get the quarterback, as you mentioned, that they still may be in the business of, there are places it, to do it. But they, I think number two is oh, open yeah. for business in the NFL. And draft. they're sitting pretty because the market has already been established. Well, you saw what one pick worse than us cost, three number twos, and to move up three spots. So if you want even better than that, we're going to need a lot more to work with. Like he, like they have all the power in this situation. Like they hold the cards because at worst case scenario, the Giants are looking at it like this. All right, worst case scenario, we, we don't get a quarterback this year, but we move on with Eli Manning, surround him with talent, and, and we'll figure it out. Like we'll, we'll add picks, we'll add players, and we will figure it out. We've got a different coaching staff in there. A lot of the toxic feelings are gone from, from the locker room. Like we'll go in that direction. We don't need to take a quarterback here. So let's just, yeah, we'll just trade down. And the market has already been set. So if you want into this spot, what are you willing to give us? And that's 
that's where they can teams start bidding against each other. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is going to be crazy. Well, the top 10 is going to be nuts this year. Not only is it teams bidding against each other, Jonas, it's New York against New York at 2-3. and three. It's the Jets against the Bills in the AFC East that are combining. I mean, there's, there's so much that is going there. I tweeted, I think, a couple of weeks ago. We did a show here, and I tweeted out. I may have to delete the tweet. No, I won't delete it. I said, book it, <laughs> Quentin Nelson, the number two to the New York Giants. Well, that changed once the Jets moved up to three because it yeah. changed the market in, in where the quarterbacks are going. They may be in love with Quentin Nelson, which I actually think that they are, and still realize that they could get him at three or they could get him at five if they wanted just because I think teams now in those Bills-Jets matchup or Jets-Giants matchup trying to trying to get ahead of the other to, to beat the other to the punch to get the quarterback the Jets are open for business atop – the Giants are open for business atop the draft. I wouldn't worry about deleting that tweet. Welcome those nerds from uh, Icy Hot Takes or whatever they are, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the freezer takes yeah. or whatever, uh, fish take takes. Cold takes or, exposed. Whatever. Yeah, whatever that dumb True story. Is. We had somebody here submit a tweet of mine. Somebody that worked here took one of mine and Come submitted on. to them. Why? Remember okay, that? first of all, Gascon was a little angry about some things. <laughs> and I, Oh, my God, is my mic on? I didn't even know that was happening. Um, All right, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, it's the hottest game going on sports radio in this upcoming segment. Find out what it is next here on FSR. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, Steve DeSager. Quarterback Brock Osweiler has agreed to terms with the Miami Dolphins. Last year he went 0 for 4 starting as a Denver Broncos QB in the year before, played most of the games with Houston Osweiler that year at 15 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. L.A. Chargers defensive lineman Corey Legit was suspended four games for performance enhancers. The Dallas Cowboys signed wide receiver Alan Hearns, who was cut this week by Jacksonville. Cleveland signed former Buffalo defensive back E.J. Gaines. Defensive back Tremont Williams returned to the Packers. Also running back Frank Gore formally signed with the Miami Dolphins. He's from South Florida. Former Dolphins owner Wayne Huizenga passed away last night at the age of 80. He was also founding owner of the MLB Florida Marlins. MLB opening day is less than a week away. It's March 29th this year, and all 30 teams will be in action next Thursday. Phil Mickelson was eliminated at golf's match play event. Bubba Watson did advance to weekend play. In the NBA, 10 games tonight, including Boston at Portland. Celtics guard Kyrie Irving will have a procedure on his sore knee tomorrow. The team calls it minimally invasive. Boston, the city, will be hosting the East Region. Sweet 16 games in the NCAA tournament tonight. At about 7.30 Eastern, top seed Villanova against West Virginia. The late game there the two versus three seed Purdue against Texas Tech. There are also games in Omaha that includes top seed Kansas in action in the Midwest region. Back to you. I, I think Clemson has got something for Kansas tonight. But then again, I went over four yesterday. Oh, Dan, uh, minimally invasive. The report. Yeah, let me take this scalpel and let me dig it into your skin. <laughs> minimally, let me, let me move some <laughs> stuff around. But you'll be all right. Come on, man. Would they say majorly? You know, yeah. like like the huge hole. Whole knee exposed. <laughs> Danny Ainge answering questions. All right, so here's the situation with Kyrie Irving. They're going to rip open his leg with a scalpel, and they're going to move some stuff around. Hopefully he'll be all right. <laughs> Next have, question. We hope to have him back by uh, early April. Yeah. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer. That is John Ramos. Thank you, Steve, for the latest of what's happening. What Brock Osweiler, you can't wear number 17 because Ryan Tannehill already has 17. Oh, yeah. yes. What What do you think uh, Osweiler go 13, with? definitely 13. I think Marino's going to be like, hey, you oh, can okay. have my number. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 you can't even get nine because of Jay Fiedler. 
Like what else? <laughs> what would he do? Ray Lucas had six. There goes that idea. Jeez, the number, number number ten is Don Strock. That's, so that is that is true. One. That is true. Gosh, good good reference. <laughs> Very timely too. Oh. Don Strock. <laughs> Johnny's right out of that. Oh man, hey, Johnny, want to press your luck a little bit more? I do. John Ramos is playing. Oh yes, deal yeah. or no deal. You may know Deal or No Deal from the game where Howie Mandel and the models would reveal cases while someone would have to go to a banker and see if they wanted to do a deal or no deal. Yeah. We do things a little bit different. And how much sanitizer do you think, uh, what's his name, uh, the guy you just mentioned? Howie, Howie Mandel? Mandel. How much sanitizer do you think he uses in a day? Oh, a lot. Isn't he a germaphobe? Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. You blow your nose two states away and he calls the cops. John is a germanophobe. He doesn't like Germans. That's why we don't get along. Oh, come on, John. No Ramstein? <laughs> John, deal or no deal is the game today. Yes. This is how we play okay. it. Okay. John Ramos has a ticket to an event. And today's ticket John Ramos has is for tomorrow night's Elite Eight matchup between Kansas State and Loyola Chicago in Atlanta. We're going to give you on the secondary market how much the cheapest ticket would be, John. $35 to get in to see a trip to the Final Four. You can get in for just $35. What, John, you have to decide is if you would like to keep your ticket because it is a better deal than the event that we give you. Say, for example, John's daughter's soccer game. We would say, John, would you like a ticket to the Elite Eight? or your daughter's soccer game, which is $4 to get in, you would say, I'll take the soccer game, I'll take that deal, and then you would be a winner because you took the cheaper ticket. They charge 4 bucks to get into that soccer game? What is the entry fee? They serve beer there? Uh, it's zero. Oh, zero dollars. Four zero is what it is. Oh, zero, 40 four bucks. zeros. Oh. No. <laughs> so, John, would you give up your ticket for the K-State Loyola game for that soccer match. That's how we're going to play it, okay? <laughs> the first event. I love this so much. This I'm is taking my clothes off. That's well, this. What's amazing <laughs> is is this the millionaire or deal? No, this is the dealer deal. No <laughs> deal. I haven't color-coded, Dan. We're okay. <laughs> okay, John. Deal or no deal, you're holding that ticket to the Elite Eight tomorrow for $35. Would you trade that ticket for a ticket to today's Dodgers-Royals game? Dodgers? Sunrise, Arizona. What's the better deal? Mm. Would you do that deal? If I gave you a ticket, would you give up yours? You're looking for the lowest price ticket. Um, and Kansas City and Dodgers have been in the World Series, right, uh, in the last four years. Yeah. Both yes. teams have made it, it to the World is, Series. Yeah, this is not the World Series. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and keep the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 ticket. So you are going to say... No deal. Deal or no deal? It's color coded, Dan. I say no deal, Dan. John, you got a bad deal. Twenty-four bucks to see Dodgers Royals in Sunrise, Arizona. So it is cheaper to see a spring training game, Dodgers, than tomorrow's Elite Eight game between Loyola of Chicago and Kansas State. It's a bad deal. Do you want to roll again? Dan, for the sake of this segment, I will go again. Thank you very much. By the Jonas, way, John, can you hold up the ticket so people know these are real tickets yeah. under the mic? So you, there like, they are. $35 uh, like ticket. Into the mic for the uh, radio. Yes. Yeah. What? John, for that ticket, 
I can give you a Lakers Grizzlies Ooh. ticket for tomorrow night in Memphis. Yeah, both teams on the cusp, Dan. <laughs> the cusp of what? <laughs> Would you trade your Elite Eight ticket for Lakers Grizzlies? You know, Dan, I haven't seen a, a Laker game this season. <laughs> <laughs> Only on television. I'd like to get it. Is it Staples Center? No, it's in Memphis. Oh, Memphis. No, yeah. no, I don't want to go there. Uh, no, I'm going to keep my Elite Eight ticket. Deal or no deal? So it's no deal? No deal, Dan. <laughs> you made a bad deal. Oh, 33 bucks, you can see Lakers John. Grizzlies. I wouldn't pay three bucks <laughs> to see Lakers Grizzlies tomorrow. Uh, I, I wouldn't pay uh, three bucks to watch a Laker fight a Grizzly. All right, we got two more for you. Are you ready? Dan, I'm always ready. What do you think, studio audience? Am I ready? (laughs) It's color coded, Dan. (laughs) So far, so far, the Elite Eight ticket is $2 more than watching two teams that will not make the playoffs in the NBA. John, you've got a ticket for K-State Loyola of Chicago that's valued at $35. Would you like to trade that in for a ticket to see Nelly perform in Toronto tomorrow night? Nelly of many hit songs, including It's Hot in Here. Is that I correct? Is it Hot in Her? Hot in Her. Um, and I, number one. You know what? It's Friday. I feel crazy. I want to do some crazy things. I want to go see Nelly. I'm going to trade it in, Dan. For a chance to see Nelly in one of the beautiful countries in the world, Toronto. Or, it's also I mean, a, that's city. a city. Yeah, or, but Canada. 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 I meant Canada. <laughs> Canada. Welcome Trust live me. to the state of Torrance. <laughs> this also went a lot smoother in my head. So you're trading in yes. your ticket to see Nelly. Yes. Deal or no deal. That's one heck of a deal, John. Nelly, only $14 yes. to see the Raptors oh, wow. in Toronto. The side note. Tomorrow night. So 14 bucks to see Nelly in Toronto? Yes. All right. So what that means in musical terms, I have a, I have a past in music, Dan. Let me tell you what that means. That means that Nelly is two summers away from showing up at a carnival or a fair near you. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> Trust me. Ario Speedwagon was there two years ago. Nelly will be there two years from now. What do you want in your nachos? A little bit of uh-uh and a little bit of uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. All right, final one, Johnny. Coming up Saturday in the great city of Wichita, Kansas, mm. Disney on Ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it the frozen one or do we know? No, John, no, it's, it's the one on water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean this, yeah. I mean the movie. Fr- Disney frozen. on Good boat. Christ, man. It's the summer show. Yeah. <laughs> Disney on a dumpster behind an Albertsons. <laughs> Disney on ice tickets in Wichita, Kansas. I've got a ticket for you. Would you like to trade in your Elite Eight ticket? Disney on the dead, live from a cemetery. For a ticket to see Disney on ice in Wichita, Kansas on Saturday. Um, Yeah, I think the kids would enjoy the Disney experience. So... Have you ever been to the country of Kansas, John? <laughs> Delayed reaction. I have not. Um, I want to trade it in, Dan. I want to go see Disney on Ice with the kids and Suzanne. So I will take the Disney on Ice tickets over the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 game. It's Elite whatever. Eight. Okay, Elite Eight, yeah.
Wichita. Have you ever been to Wichita? Uh, what you talking about? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. <laughs> deal or no deal? You made one heck of a deal. Yes. Tickets for Disney on Ice oh. tomorrow, $26. Yes. Those are all hot. The, the game that we gave you, all higher than those events, but just barely. By the way, Jersey Boys tickets in May in Fort Lauderdale, 63 bucks. So those blow out the K-State Loyola game. And if you wanted to see Chicago with Ario Speedwagon at the Forum in June, then maybe we should all go. Wouldn't you like to see Chicago and Ario Speedwagon? Yeah. $37 <laughs> right now. That would be more than watching the Elite Eight game tomorrow yes! in Atlanta. In the great continent of Atlanta. <laughs> One um, of the 24 continents, yeah. Uh, by the way, John, uh, before you ask, because I don't want to be bombarded with this during the break, uh, Disney on Ice isn't goofy locked inside Jeffrey Dahmer's freezer. <laughs> want to clear that up. <laughs> Oh, the crowd, that, the crowd, there they are. Did that go as planned, Dan? There they are. <laughs> did that segment go as planned, Dan? It it didn't, but hey, we had fun. We had fun. It didn't go anywhere, Darren. No deal. All I could hear was the millionaire music in, in my ear. But it was. Yeah. No, that was the no, correct music. I know, I know yeah, it yeah. was. I know it was. Um. All right. So that is <laughs> that is Dan, Dan Fire. I'm Jonas Knox and for Doug Gottlieb. Here on Fox Sports Radio, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Find Dan at Dan Byer on Fox. Up next, some controversial comments heard here on the network. Find out who it is next on FSR. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Byer. John Ramos is here as well as we're hanging out in for Doug today. Who was on the herd for Colin Cowherd earlier on Fox Sports Radio and Fox Sports 1. And when Doug was on the herd, he said some interesting things about Cinderella, and that allows us to play. And now. <laughs> what does the fox say? Because each day Doug takes something interesting from Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio and responds to something that was said by one of the talented hosts, and the host today was Doug himself. What I think is fascinating is, speaking of cliches or expressions that are overused, uh, what doesn't kill us will make us stronger, Right. That's, that's one of them. But what about what builds us can ultimately take us down? I mean, look, the NCAA tournament's going to be taken down by too many of these Cinderella's. We can celebrate as much as we'd like the fact that Loyola of Chicago won again. How about this? Their third win in the tournament by a total of four points. That, if that's not Lady Luck, I don't know what is. And yet we can say, hey, this tournament is built upon upsets. America loves the Cinderella. But if Clemson wins two more games and Texas Tech wins two more games, it will be a, a tournament that we say is built on upsets that no one will watch. It's on cable this year in the Final Four. And people just, they, they say they want to see the Cinderella until the Cinderella is playing on TV. And then history tells us they don't. Cinderella wants their moment. That's that's what we want from Cinderella. And the moment is the first weekend. Yeah, you got your moment. Yep. Move on. That that's <laughs> that's essentially what we all want in Cinderella. Now it's I do think it would be different, Jonas, if let's say Loyola of Chicago was playing tomorrow and in the other three regions you had Duke, Kansas, Villanova against Michigan State. You had North Carolina against Michigan. Like if 
if you had Loyola making it to a Final Four with those three other blue bloods, I think that makes it a little bit different as well. But last night, you had the highest-seeded team be a three-seed in in a night where there were four games, and that was a problem. Tonight's matchup's a little bit better. You've got actually a lot better for seed-wise with a one versus five in two different matchups, and then you have a two versus 11 and a two versus a three. Better matchups numbers-wise, but just even of – you can't have so many Cinderellas as well, and I think that's that ends up being the problem. Is there's there, there's room for one, and it's usually just have your moment and be it. To have it last longer and go on for a while, I think Doug is right. The fact that it waters it down. Well, what did we hear all year long? I mean, not on my show because I refuse to talk college hoops all year long. But what did we hear all year long about? It's wide open. This year is going to be wide open. There are at least fifteen teams who could win the national title, and then we get to the tournament. And in a wide-open tournament, you've got some what is perceived to be upsets early on, and everybody's shocked. Like, we were told this all year long, that it was totally wide open, that 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 anybody could could win out of, like, 10 to 15 teams, and here we are. Like, the, whole, the only Cinderella story I had an issue with wasn't really because of the team. UMBC, um, who upset Virginia and moved on to the next round. They, they, I had an issue with them only because the person who runs their Twitter account is a loser, and that really bothered me. So I was glad to see them eliminated, and I was glad to remove the dorks from the party because <laughs> they needed to go. Everybody, and it wasn't the players or the fan base or the alumni or the or the coaching staff. It's just the one who ran their social media account. That guy's a dweeb, and he deserved to to be eliminated the next round. <laughs> he was a he was a he was pretty famous. He was a hero. To oh many. man, hiding behind a Twitter account. It's like me talking trash in my Chuck E. Cheese costume. What does the fuck say? <laughs> Although UMBC did play the perfect role of Cinderella. Oh, oh well, Tom Kiefer and Cinderella. Oh, man. Also. Oh, they, yeah. I, right. I I think every Cinderella, instead of the road to the Final Four, should be the gypsy road to the <laughs> Final Four. Here's the thing with Cinderella. You don't know what you got until it's gone. Oh, man, you know? this makes me want to go to the Rainbow Room on Sunset and just get wasted and do drugs. <laughs> oh, I thought we already went to break. Somebody save me, please. <laughs> Somebody save me. <laughs> and John Ramos, Ramos, and good news for you, in 30 minutes, a brand new edition of the John Ramos Show on Fox Sports Radio. Had someone last night tweet us. Did you guys see this? You guys were in on the tweet as well asking if there was a way where they could download archived episodes of the John Ramos show. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. And I did. he was out of luck. They're, they they are somewhere they're somewhere they're on Fox Sports Radio right within the show though. There's not a specific John Ramos show. I actually cuz I know you guys get a lot of tweets. I didn't want to bombard you with the replies, but I actually wrote back and said, "Hey, John is actually putting together an entire page full of John Ramos shows." Can't do it tonight. He's at a movie premiere. So <laughs> hopefully, maybe uh, down the road that'll come out. I was multitasking there, Jonas. Hashtag Hello, priorities. John. And I will. And I will mention this before we get into the Sweet 16 games tonight, and and a little bit of what happened last night because it does have to do with what is going on tonight. We always made fun of how bad John's soccer team, John's coached soccer teams yeah, are. Pretty bad. Different story in softball, isn't it, John? Yes, the girls are three and one oh, right now. Yes, yeah. all right. Winning percentage yeah. of seven fifty. Of course. 
Putting sandpaper in the gloves helps the pitchers. That's how John teaches. He's filing down the softballs so they get an extra extra couple now, of degrees on their turn. I just want to say to everybody out there who's going to fact check, I am not the head coach of this team. Just uh, You should be. Well, Are you a third base coach? First no, base coach? No. Are I'm you a, a coach at all? I'm the scorekeeper. Who oh. is? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well... How can we change that? How can we get you to be the head coach? Can we get that guy fired? No, no, no. Coach Coach is really good. He does a great job out there with the girls, and so um, I help out when I can, when they need some extra help for practices and, and pre-warm-up before a game. But for the most part, I have L9 or 1-3 to three as my Bingo. main Bingo! Uh, oh, sorry. I honestly <laughs> thought John was the coach of the softball team. I did not realize that he is scorekeeper. Uh, well, if he was coach, they'd be 4-0. I think the guy that is the coach would be fired. What? <laughs> what's the point of keeping score? Um, I, You know, I don't know. I, yeah. th- I th- <laughs> actually think it has to do with looking at the spray chart where the girls from the other team hit the ball in certain game situations, mm. or runners in scoring position, a war situation, things like that. I thought maybe it's just to make sure that the batting order is adhered to. That's uh, also part of it. I, I remember doing uh, back at the old Poly Pavilion. By the way, this is a uh, Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> but the old the old Poly Pavilion uh, where UCLA played before they renovated it, and then they had that big flood. Um, there was uh, when you would go in there. I was a uh, uh, would would call in um, field reporter, and I would call in and basically give updates on the game to like a local station in LA. And uh, I was used to, like, Staples Center and these other places where everything, they kind of handed you score sheets and you just do a report. But they didn't have electronic anything in the stadium. So I literally had to count up stats by hand like I was a scorekeeper. And I had to tell the host, I was like, hey, man, you need to push me off another segment here. I'm I'm not up to speed on my math. Like, like scorekeeping seems like it's the easiest thing in the world. And then you're there, and you're like, wait, hold on a second. Was that a base hit? What are we calling that here? Is that an Like, it's a pain in the ass, man. It is tough, Uh, yes, even for 12 to 11-year-old girls. That head coach should still be fired, though. It should be your job. I think he's three for four with two RBIs. <laughs> We're just not sure. We'll call three for four. Yeah, yeah. Why Splitting not? hairs here. Yeah, yeah, that's a hit. That's not an error. Uh, we sometimes make errors here on Fox Sports Radio, like I did yesterday, in going 0 for 4 and picking the Sweet 16 games that occurred Thursday. One of those games that I got wrong, Kentucky losing to Kansas State. I was sure that the Kentucky Wildcats were going to move on in the road to the Final Four was going to be somewhat of a breeze, at least for Kentucky, to get to the Elite Eight. That did not happen last night as they ended up losing to Kansas State, who will be in the Elite Eight against Loyola of Chicago. Earlier on the program, he's the host of the new FSR Saturday Night with Arnie Spanier and Aaron Torres. Aaron Torres joined us to talk about Kentucky and the problems that this team faced not only last night, but maybe throughout the entire year. You know, I don't think it's because he's having trouble gelling his 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 guys, or, or excuse me, I don't think it's because he has trouble selling his program. I just think literally when you have so many young guys, so many new pieces. Now this year was especially young. I mean, as recently as last year, he had two seniors that were regular contributors into the starting lineup. I just think it's hard to know what you're going to get from guys night tonight, and so. In this particular season, you know, I know people probably aren't totally familiar with Kentucky's personnel, but the kid P.J. Washington uh, that that missed a bunch of free throws last night, I mean, there were nights where um, he was their best player this year, and there were nights where literally they couldn't put him on the court because he he just, uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't click. I think that that's the 
hardest part of this is, is, you know, it's not just the team is so young. It's the fact that when you are so young, you're just going to get so much inconsistency. I mean, look. That was Aaron Torres earlier. He was going to keep us. He was keeping us when he said, hey, look. Yeah. And then it kind of, you know, hey, look. keeps you wanting more. Yeah, look. I'll be on with Arnie Spanier yeah. on Saturday night. <laughs> cool. That's, but, look uh, on Twitter. I'm at Aaron <laughs> underscore Torres. The, the point being is he's he's right with the simple fact of Kentucky. Kentucky is inexperienced in the, in the sense of they've got a lot of guys who were one and done, so yeah. the, these guys are new. But realistically, Jonas, who has tons of experience in the NCAA tournament? Take take away, you know, maybe a, a, a Devontae Graham for Kansas tonight, or a Jalen Brunson for Villanova. It's not like these programs are just oozing, you, you know, experience. Who was that guy on uh, Kansas that was like balding at wrinkles on his head? Harry Ellis. Yeah, that guy was there for like ninety years. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, how old is he? One hundred and four. I think he's probably, I don't know, 25, 26 oh, now. Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the fact is, is I, I don't think I don't think it's an excuse to be that inexperienced no. show because they're young kids. They're all young kids in college basketball. And that's actually the the part about it that makes it so, I think, intriguing is that it's not perfect and that 20, 21-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids being put in that spot Sometimes don't react like you would think a seasoned veteran or somebody who's been you know through it through twenty plus years, and that's what makes it exciting. That's why I think we get great moments and you, you get ups and downs. But I don't know if Kentucky is really at that much of a disadvantage when they continue to have better players than most teams they go up against. Yeah, and I also think when he called out Coach K or took a subtle shot at him about recruiting and saying, "Well, we don't promise that our program is this." That was him maybe acknowledging that he was frustrated because the his idea was now followed by other coaches, which is natural. Sports, it's a copycat league. We hear that all the time in other sports. But now Coach K has almost gotten better than him at it to where now he's landing those yeah. guys. So maybe Calipari's looking around going, all right, what's the next phase? You know, I, I got a title. You know, I got a national championship. Um, I've been pretty successful. But now people are catching up to what it is that I do. Now what do I, now now what's the next? That's why I'm curious to see if something opened up, and and I don't want to start the whole Calipari to the NBA conversation over again. But I'm just at what point does Calipari look around and go, I have exhausted this model for recruiting in today's college basketball. It I need to think about what's next for me too. And I think I wonder if that's going to come up at some point. He got his national title. He he accomplished yeah. his goal. Like, what is next for him? I it's, it's I think that this could be his last job. But then I would think I would have thought that with other guys as well. And I mean, it's a good. It's a it's a very intriguing and interesting point that Coach K Duke is second, I believe, in first round one and duns being drafted behind only Kentucky. And while Kentucky has that huge edge in guys that that are first-rounders that that are one-and-dones. Duke is actually second, so it's kind of it feels like a Yankees-Red Sox sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think your point about maybe being frustrated because Duke is now figuring out a way to do it and maybe do it better and do it again next year with a, gosh, they got, you know, like three out of the top five kids in next year's recruiting class that something that he did is now no longer his and his only. There aren't other programs that can really do this, though, I don't think. 
Because also, Jonas, as as you're looking at it, if you're just taking top 10 recruits, just based on the simple fact of numbers, there's only there would only be three or four programs that would really be able to do this because you'd have three going to one school, three going to another, and then another three, and then all of a sudden now you're into the teens in terms of prospects, and those kids may not be as good as the top guys. So it's not like all these schools can load up and and do this. It's just it that's not the norm. It's just that Kentucky did it for so long, and, and to your point, Duke may be doing it better now. I also wonder if there's an element to with AAU basketball and the way it's done nowadays, so many of these guys play with each other. That sounded bad. I mean, basketball. Uh, Like, so many of them are in leagues together growing up. They're on the same team or they're on travel. Like, all that stuff growing up in the system. I wonder how many of those guys play a part in bringing their friends to the program they were just at. You know, like, I wonder how much of that goes on. Because if you get one guy who's close friends with somebody else, next thing you know, they're showing up at that school. And it just starts the conveyor belt of talent based on one friendship and one relationship. That's all recruiting is. Building relationships, building trust. And if you get a guy who says, hey, I trust this guy. Come to Duke. It's a great place to be. Next thing you know, you lose out a couple of years in a row. And John Calipari's looking around going, all right, when am I going to turn this thing around? The inconsistencies that you talk about with Kentucky that, that Aaron mentioned can be the same for Duke as well. So the, like, I think many people now feel that Duke is the favorite to go to and, and cut down the nets, even though they are the two seed, and even though you still have Villanova in it, you still have a number one seed in Kansas. But I do think that those inconsistencies can pop up, and we'll see tonight against the Syracuse team that they should be familiar with playing up uh, against that zone. We'll see how much that pops up for Duke tonight because, remember, they still are 19-year-old kids on the floor. I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by True Car. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, uh, we're going to get one of our insiders here on the show is going to tell us about a story that came out earlier that could have a major impact on the playoffs coming up. That's next year on FSR. Doug Gottlieb show. <laughs> I thought you were giving me the thumbs up, John. <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought, like, go ahead, Dan. It's all yours. Oh, man. This song, man. This is the Doug Gottlieb show. That's Jonas Knox. <clears throat> I'm Dan Beyer. That is John Ramos as we are in for Doug today, getting you set for the weekend. College basketball on the minds of many, including tonight. There are some brackets that are still intact. John Ramos did have Loyola in the Elite Eight. I know intern Cooper had him in the Final Four as he's an MVC guy. John Ramos just turned around because he realized he was one-upped by Cooper. One-upped, wow. Yeah, for sure. But tonight, the number one seed Villanova Wildcats will play in the East against West Virginia. Then you got Texas Tech and Purdue in the late game in Boston. The Midwest region in Omaha has Kansas going up against Clemson. Should be a pro Jayhawks crowd tonight. Syracuse and Duke playing as well. But I I think matchup-wise, it is safe to say. Actually, I shouldn't say I think. I know matchup-wise tonight's game's a lot better than what we had last night. Yeah, well, and also uh, name-wise, I think it would be a, a better. Although the games last night were pretty good for the most part. Um, West Virginia, Villanova, I, I, I really want to see that play out. Because Huggins just feels like he gets close every time. Like his best team was the team that Kenyon Martin got hurt on when he was coaching Cincinnati. And a lot of people felt like they were going to win it all. He just he feels like he gets close, but he just can't get over the hump. While college basketball dominates, the NBA continues to roll on. Joining us now to talk about the association and also 
as they roll out the brand new show here on Fox Sports Radio. Here to promote that and a whole lot more, Chris Broussard, a member of the Odd Couple with Rod Parker that you will hear on Fox Sports Radio coming up on Sunday. Hey, welcome, Chris. How you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We are doing so well. And and first of all, about the new show, I know you and Rob have worked together in the past, but but how excited are you are you for what's about to transpire this weekend? I'm excited. I mean, Rob is a good friend going way back, uh, a colleague, even a mentor at some stages early in my career. Um, and we're, you know, we, we the odd couple, you know, he's been a baseball writer. I've been a basketball writer. I'm married. He's divorced. I've got children. He doesn't have any. I'm normal. He's strange. You know, all that type of stuff. So that's why we're the odd couple. <laughs> and, and it's uh, 6 to 9 Eastern time, correct, this Sunday? Yes. All right. So, yes, the debut. All right. The debut. Uh, I'm on with Brady Quinn right after that. Could you leave us some listeners, please? Please, like there. I don't want him. <laughs> hey, to, I don't want him tuning out. Hopefully, we'll be a good lead-in for you guys. That's always important to have a great lead-in. So hopefully, we can uh, hold our own for you. Well, I I, I have no uh, no no question. You guys are going to be doing that. Rob Parker <laughs> has the ability to get people infuriated with him. So he's got yes. he, he's got the gift of gab in that regard. Very much yes. so. Very much so. And he's got corny jokes that, you know, he doesn't, <laughs> he does. he doesn't know are corny. Does. Everybody else knows, but not him. <laughs> I, I would love to talk about what's happening with the Celtics and everywhere that's going in, and everything that's going on in the NBA playoff-wise, but how in the world does a team lose by 61 points like the Memphis Grizzlies did last night against the Hornets? I don't even know that was possible, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you're clearly, I mean, gone beyond tanking. See, I don't have a problem with a franchise – playing its young players, playing guys toward the end of the bench that they're trying to figure out, okay, can he play? Can he play? Is he a keeper? Is he not? But when it gets to the point where you're losing by 61, then there's something wrong with that. Now, I'll say this. We've all talked about tanking and what the NBA can do to change it. Here's what teams and franchises and owners need to understand. Tanking does not work the philadelphia 76ers are the aberration and they even one of their high picks jaleel okafor isn't even with them anymore hasn't done much in the league look at look at the teams that are consistently in the lottery phoenix orlando detroit uh uh uh, uh sacramento these are teams that have had multiple picks and they're still bad Let's even go to a decent team, Washington. They got a number one pick in John Wall, a number three pick in Bradley Beal, and another number three pick in Otto Porter. And they're mediocre. Like, it is, it is few and far between the stories of tanking that work. Look at the top teams in the league. San Antonio, nothing in their, on their team right now has anything to do with tanking. You know, uh, Houston. James Harden and Chris Paul, free agency, or I'm sorry, trade. Cleveland, LeBron's just a once-in-a-generation type player. Kevin Love was a trade. Um, uh, 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 Golden State, Steph Curry, seventh pick. Uh, Klay Thompson, 12th pick. Draymond Green, second-round pick. Like, it, every blue moon you might get the payoff, but it's not worth creating a losing culture, alienating free agents, and, you know, it's just not worth it. And it, the final thing about it is it is rare 
It happens occasionally, but it is rare that when you have the worst record, you get the top pick. Cleveland had all these number one picks, Anthony Bennett, Kyrie Irving. None of them were the result of having the worst record. They were supposed to get like the eighth pick with Bennett, I believe, and the ninth with Kyrie or something like that, seventh and ninth or whatever. And they lucked up and got the number one pick. So you just – if teams want to uh, tank, then I say tank at your own peril because nine times out of ten is not going to get you any closer to where you want to go. Uh, Chris Broussard, Fox Sports 1 NBA insider, Fox Sports radio host with us here on FSR. Dan Byer, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb. Well, then what is the alternative? I know the alternative would be, you know, play as hard as you can every single game. But what I mean by that is, like, the NBA has almost created this culture to where, you know, great players pair up. They're only willing to go to certain places. So the only other option is to try and land a stud in the draft and then hope you can keep them around long term and pair them up. So do you feel like maybe certain organizations feel like they're in a spot to where that's the only other alternative if they can't land another big star in free agency? I mean, no, you definitely want to draft the great player, obviously. But you don't have to lose purposely trying to get that number one pick because the odds show that you might have the fifth you know, pick as far as the seeding or, you know, the records and get the number one pick. Or, like I said, play your young kids, tell them to play their best, try to win, have your coach coach his butt off. And if you lose, you lose. And in many cases like that, you're going to lose. You know, but I don't have a problem with that. But if you're purposely trying to lose, Mark Cuban, what he said, you can't say that. You just can't. You certainly – you don't say it publicly. You're, it's your arrogance that got you in trouble saying it publicly. And then it is – if you say it to your coaches or your – you certainly don't say it to the players because that's what creates the losing culture. Let me tell you this. Talking to agents. When the Philadelphia 76ers were purposely trying to lose those several years, free agents did not want to go there. Agents were directing their players not to go there. We saw Okafor didn't want to get – I think it was Okafor didn't want to get drafted by them. Like, people were trying to avoid them like the play. They got fortunate, we think. I mean, if Embiid stays healthy. Embiid and Simmons are terrific, but – it's, that's a once-in-a-blue-moon you know, type situation where these other teams that are in the lottery year in, year out, it doesn't pan out for them. Chris Broussard joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He and Rob Parker make up the odd couple that you will hear Sundays here on Fox Sports Radio at 6 o'clock Eastern time. You can also see Chris on Fox Sports 1 as he's our NBA insider. How concerned should the Celtics be with this procedure done on Kyrie Irving's knee? Well, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you hope that this is a situation that alleviates the pain in his knee and he could come back and play, you know, toward the end of the season or, or at least for the playoffs. I have been told that there's some concern within the organization that this could be season-ending. I'm not saying that's the predominant uh, sentiment or everybody feels that way, but it's just something that they're like, you know what, this is, you know, this could put his season in jeopardy, and they're wondering about that. If that's the case, if it's a situation where, you know, playing, he's still playing through pain, and he's going to need to get it taken care of in the summer or something like that, then Danny Ainge, I, I know he's thinking about, you know what, it, it might not be worth it for this year. Let's just get Kyrie right, and next year we come back with him and Gordon Hayward, and we, we see what we can do. 
which I would agree with, because you're not winning the championship. You're probably not even getting out of the East. But if he can play, and if he's, you know, if he can play healthy, then they're going to let him play, and that's what they're hoping for. But it, it's just something to watch. I mean, I, I saw uh, some people were tweeting, when is any knee surgery uh, minimally invasive? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how they worded it on the press release. So, We'll see. Obviously, you hope Kyrie Irving is fine. Here's another thing they have to think about, though, with Boston. Kyrie, remember, he's been injury-prone. You know, before LeBron went back to Cleveland, he had all sorts of injuries. Obviously, in the 2015 finals, which is the kneecap injury that's hurting him now. Uh, college career. So, his college yeah, career. Exactly. He played 11 games, I believe, in his freshman year at Duke. His one year. So, yeah, that, that would be another thing that if you're the Boston Celtics would make you say, look, let's not push this guy back. Let's not force it. Let's just let him get healthy as best he can. Uh, Chris, and I don't know, there's been a lot of different – last one for me, but there's been a lot of different back and forth between Kawhi Leonard, the reports, whether or not there was a team meeting. They questioned a report that came out by uh, Adrian Wojnarowski that, that, that they had a players-only meeting and all this. Tony Parker is comparing his injury to, to Kawhi Leonard's injury, that it was 100 times. Like, what the hell is happening there? From people you talk to, what's going on? Well, Tony Parker's statement was strong. You know, I didn't mind Manu. I mean, to me, Manu wasn't calling out Kawhi. Manu was just saying what the reality is. Like, look, we're trying to do something in the playoffs, and we can't be waiting for the Calvary to come save us. If he does come back, great. That's gravy. That's perfect. That's, that's a bonus. But we, for us to be the best team we can be, we have to say we got these 10 guys, these 12 guys, whatever, and this is who we can go to war with and count on. Uh, I got that. I didn't think that was a shot at Kawhi. I thought that was reality. What Tony Parker said, I don't know that Tony meant it as a shot because talking to Tony, Tony's a straight shooter. Tony, Tony is just going to say what's on his mind, what's on his heart, and that's just how he is. So I don't know if he was actually trying to take a shot at Kawhi, but that is certainly how it came off. I mean, when you say my injury was 100 times worse, it was the same injury, and I'm back. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's tough. And so it looks like this thing is getting worse. Um, with the team meeting, obviously there have been conflicting reports out of San Antonio saying it wasn't tense. Players have denied it. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, who does a great job, obviously, of covering the NBA, he said it was tense. I, if they just were trying to get a feel for what's going on with Kawhi, because he's very quiet. He's Manu said he's been somewhat disengaged, disconnected from the team. I don't mind players sitting down with him and being like, "Look, where you at? Like, you know, are you? Are we going? Is there a chance you could come back within the next week or two? Um, playoffs? You think you'll be back? I don't mind that. But if they went at him, challenging him, and if there was any sentiment like Tony, what Tony said, like, "Look, dog, I mean." I got the same injury, and I've been playing. I'm older than – you know, if it was any of that, then that's very problematic. But this is this is getting – starting to get ugly. I think it will come to a head this summer when the, we know the Spurs can offer him the five years, $219 million Supermax deal. If they don't offer that to him, that shows that this has really soured them to at least some degree on him. 
Um, and then, you know, so there's there's a problem. He They may not think he's a part of their future. He may be offended. That may lead to a trade. Or if they offer it to him and he turns it down, then that I, I think they would trade him as a preemptive strike. Obviously, if they offer it to him, he is, accepts it. Everything is fine in that regard. So we just have to let it play out. But um, it, it is looking ugly. It, it is interesting because the Spurs, and I would guess you guys agree, they've been the New England Patriots of the NBA. Yeah. You know, and, and now this year both of these franchises are having stuff leaked out where it doesn't look like the culture is as great or as put together as it has been in the past and as it's reputed to be. He's Chris Broussard, the co-host of The Odd Couple with Rob Parker, debuting this Sunday at 6 o'clock Eastern time here on Fox Sports Radio and, of course, our Fox Sports Radio NBA insider. Find him on Twitter at Chris underscore Broussard. Thanks, Chris. Good luck on Sunday. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. It's a loaded Sunday, Dan. It is. You, me, Broussard. Whew. Get ready, people. Yeah. Sundays never will be the same. Going down. Dan Byer, uh, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. I know that we had, like, there was something that we normally do at around this time. Um, I mean, should we just keep on going so that way whatever we were going to do next has very little time to happen? Uh, kind of just completely. Well, sure, I sure. Mean, I mean. What do you want to talk? What do you want to talk about here, so we can just kind of delay what we had coming up? Why in the don't next we? Do, why don't we do this? Why don't we let Steve DeSager, okay. you know, give us the latest of what's happening okay. in sports? I know there's an NFL player in the news, and of course, Sweet Sixteen tonight. Then we can figure it out after. Okay, that. sounds good. Sound good, Steve? Certainly there are 10 NBA games tonight, gentlemen. One of the late contests, Boston at Portland with that minimally invasive knee procedure on Kyrie Irving happening tomorrow. Obviously, he's not with them. He's had a sore knee. Golden State is hosting Atlanta tonight. Warriors guard Steph Curry returns from his ankle injury. Kevin Durant still out with the rib injury. Minnesota at New York this evening. Minnesota guard Derrick Rose with a sprained ankle out tonight and tomorrow. Milwaukee at Chicago. Bucks forward Giannis Atenecumbo is out with an ankle injury. Miami plays at Oklahoma City. City tonight. Heat guard Dwayne Wade might plays had a hamstring injury. He did go through shoot around today. Chris Paul of Houston, by the way, doubtful for this weekend with a hamstring injury. The Sweet 16 concludes tonight. The late game is in Boston. Purdue against Texas Tech. Purdue center Isaac Haas questionable. He does have an approved brace for the fractured elbow, but hasn't been practicing. To the NFL news, quarterback Brock Osweiler has signed with Miami, and the Dolphins formally signed running back Frank Gore as well. Dallas signed wide receiver Alan Hearns. L.A. Chargers defensive lineman Corey Legit was suspended four games for performance enhancers. Phil Mickelson was eliminated at golf's match play event. Back to you. Thanks a lot, Steve. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Bayer. John Ramos here as well as we are in for Doug Gottlieb here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Yeah, Dan, so what do you want to talk about, man? I mean, we got nothing going on in this segment. There's nothing happening. Well, you know, there is something that I really wanted to dive into. Oh, my God. Now. Does it get any better than this? I think not. It's the John Ramos Show. Ramos. It's the John Ramos Show. It's the John Ramos Show. <laughs> this is the John Ramos Sports on Fox Radio. Huh? Here's John Ramos. He says exactly what Suzanne tells him to say. Ramos. Come yeah. on. Get up. Let's do this. By the way, Erasure's playing in Santa Barbara soon. All right. Good evening, everybody. We have a great show for you tonight. It's a forgetful Friday. <laughs> Make sure to always use the hashtag, the John Ramos Show. What have you forgot? Was it the keys to your car? Maybe your phone or like the Memphis Grizzlies, you forgot how to win. 
I want you to share your forgetfulness with me, if you can remember. Oh, man. I want to hear from you, and I'll share your thoughts live on the air. Coming up later on the show, it's been a little wet and cold out there, so I'll give you my power rankings for umbrellas and coats. Also, I know, I know, it's National Puppy Day, but screw that. It's also National Near Miss Day. An annual reminder of the day in 1989 when an asteroid nearly collided with the Earth. What are some of your favorite near misses? Almost running over your coworker? Sometimes they can be called a close call, too. Like, I had a close call today when I almost had to tell my wife, or talk to my wife before I left for the show today. <laughs> my psychic Brian is gone today. I heard he's with some friends today. So Eric is here with me. Eric, it's Friday. And uh, let's just break it down. Let's forget about this whole opening monologue. Let's do the bare minimum. Oh, that's, yeah? That sounds good, John. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah, Knock, knock. Seriously? Knock, knock? Yeah, yeah. Knock, knock. Okay, who's there? Definitely not Kawhi. Not Kawhi who? Definitely not Kawhi not. Plain, that is. (laughs) 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 That was a long one. I knew that before I started. Coming up up next, LeBron and the Cavs. They are overdone. Put a fork in them. Next on the John Rommel Show. Here's an egg that's full of fun. Silly putty. Silly putty. I love silly putty. Remember when you used to put it on a newspaper and it would print out? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Everybody give it up for Fitty Sand. Yeah. Fitty bankrupt. (laughs) It's Friday, so we are just letting it all hang out. By the way, it's Forgetful Friday. What have you forgotten since the start of this show? Where your wallet is? Your debit card pin number? How about the amount of real fans the Clippers have? Also, we have a John Rommel Show exclusive, something you won't hear on any other show in the country, radio, TV, website, blog. Is Trey Young the next Steph Curry? Ah! (laughs) My answer will shock you. Plus, coming up also (laughs) later on in the show, spring is here, and I'll give you my John Rommel Show fashion (laughs) tips. Here's one, guys. Break out those blazers with a novelty or retro shirt underneath. Works every time. Did someone say Van Halen 1984? It's <laughs> a lot to tease. <laughs> but now I'm going to take you to the observation deck. Oh, oh yes. Observation deck. Steph Curry, we missed you. Hey, Johnny, I too believe in second chances. Or seven. Mantella. Oh. Sweet 16. <laughs> How about lucky 16? <laughs> Golden Knights? How about Golden Year? <laughs> oh, hockey. Go- Golden Girls. Kyrie. Bum knee. Bummer. <laughs> Darnold or Rosen? Rosen or Darnold? Who knows? Cleveland does. Zutun Riot. Maybe God does favor teams. Right, Sister Jean? <laughs> Kircheroff. Lightning is striking. <laughs> Irishman. Glenn Close has never won an Oscar. What a crime. She was close, though. (laughs) Josh Allen, he can throw. Blackhawks, not this year, Chi-Town. More like blacked out of the playoffs. Drugs in the NFL, they don't mix. Coming up next, (laughs) hand them the trophy now. LeBron and the Cavs are better than ever. That's next on the John Ramos Show. Nerf, football, oh, Nerf! 
you give me a Nerf Turbo, I can hit Dodger Stadium in the <laughs> studio. I've got a can. Oh, is this Fitty? I. Let's hear it for LMFAO. Oh, we kicked what off Fifty Cent. What happened to Fifty Cent? It's a party Friday. Oh. Play the hits. Don't forget about our in-depth interview coming up later on in the show. Plus, I see your tweets and your emails, and everyone's been asking for it. You think you know the NFL draft in the first round? Well, you may, but what about the seventh round? I'm hearing there's a massive trade coming up that could change everything. Mr. Irrelevant? I don't think so. Now, let's take a look at some of the sports news of the day. Let's bring in Dan and Jonas. Hey! Big day, John. Josh Allen of Wyoming at his pro day in front of NFL personnel. Look, this guy's a bust waiting to happen. I mean, your name is Josh Allen, and nobody wants you. Nobody wants to have a guy like this in their team because he played for Wyoming, right? Wyoming? Who watches Wyoming football? It's unbelievable. Bust City. You know, John, I know uh, Major League Baseball season starts about a week away, John. week away, and uh, I've seen a lot of activity on social media regarding major news in Major League Baseball. Well, there's a lot on social media. You're right there, Jonas, but... Don't tell me about people's birthdays if you're following a team. Don't tell me about, like, hey, I was at this guy's wedding. I don't care. Tell me about the team. That's why I follow you. It's unbelievable. Get it right or get off of social media. John, uh, Jordan Spieth is playing right now against Patrick Reed. He's losing his match at the Dell Match Play Championships. Look, Jordan, I don't know why you even got into hockey or golf. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> so remember, Jordan, there's one, only one guy we care about in golf, and his name is Arno Palmer. No, it's not. It's Tiger Woods. So, Jordan, get out now before anybody else gets hurt. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. A big thanks to everyone who tweeted in using the hashtag The John Ramos Show. Also, thanks for being our special tonight's guest, and that would be LMFAO and also 50 Cent. <laughs> it's Forgetful Friday. It is Forgetful Friday. Did you get it? Also, thank you, Eric. I'll catch you on the backside. Wow, that was... Yes, we really. Uh, I, I think. Wow. Yeah, I think that we. Was, uh... I think. I think we have tortured the public long <laughs> enough. Um, this needs to be put on Periscope when we do the John Ramos show because it does not do it justice. You only get a half of of what you're paying for listening to when you only can hear it on radio. We have got to do a Periscope of the John Ramos show. Stop. Okay. Hashtag the John Ramos show. All right. There All right. Is. There it that is. is. That's how you stick the landing. Uh, all right, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, in for Doug Gottlieb here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, coming up next here on FSR, we have got pressing issues we've got to get to. No, I'm serious about that word, pressing issues. Find out what we mean next here on FSR. Uh, it's been fun on a Friday, forgetful Friday. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Byer. That's John Ramos, star of the John Ramos Show. And now to wrap up the show as we do every day to give us the latest of what's happening in the world of sports. <laughs> The Press. And Steve DeSager has it today. Hello, Steve. Good afternoon once again, gentlemen. Hey, Steve. And uh, hello, golf experts. <laughs> Jonas Knox, are you aware that the Masters Tournament is uploading every final round TV broadcast from 1968 to the present uh, on YouTube? Yeah, there's only one way to respond to that, Steve. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. Is, hey, uh, while we're talking golf, I must agree with John Ramos that I don't know why Jordan Spieth got into hockey either. <laughs> oh, I thought, Thanks, it was about, Steve. I thought it was about the baseball stuff. <laughs> Jordan Spieth, by the way, about to go 3-0 and in the match play this week at Austin, Texas. We're still a little bit away from the Masters, but people gearing up for this. Don't you feel, each of you, this is kind of stunning news with the Masters actually releasing, releasing final round coverage of past tournaments because they have been as protective as anybody else in any sport about coverage of their event. Well, it, it has changed in recent history. That's really when Billy Somebody Payne, mowing the greens in the background? Billy Payne <laughs> took over. By the way, if you've ever seen the mowers at Augusta, they have tennis balls hanging down from them. Yeah, If you're do. wondering why they have tennis balls and they're at a staggered, they're, they're in a, like a staggered line, the answer is this. If any of the tractors have a leak or a mower, this is a true story, I'm not joking. Yeah. If they have a gas leak or an oil leak, the one the the one behind them will grab their tennis ball and throw it ahead because you can't hear. They wouldn't know that their mower was leaking and that would immediately <laughs> stop all of the mowers. True story, yeah. 100% true. So you just can't yell four. No, because you've got the you got the ear four. protection on and the mowers are going. That's why they have golf balls hanging. By the way, the Masters been very progressive. Now we've got full 18 holes on Sunday. Uh, the website is spectacular with the access that they give us th- throughout the week. This is just another step. The video game that they had a few years ago, but, it's and, changed. And, and also, the uh, the other thing about Augusta National, the greens at Augusta National, a lot of people don't know this either, but b- being a golf guy, I know this. The greens at Augusta National, there's grass on them. Four. Good point. Let me write that down. Hold on one moment here. Greens. Green. <laughs> Wayne Huizenga passed away at the age of 80. The first man to own teams in three major sports. He was founding owner of the Florida Marlins and Florida Panthers hockey, a former Miami Dolphins owner. He passes away with a net worth reported to be $2.8 billion last year, according to Forbes. This is a guy who, outside of sports, also created Blockbuster Video Company and Waste Management and Auto Nation. He created Blockbuster Video? Jeez. Wasn't it a Blockbuster was the name on a, st- it was a bowl. stadium? Yeah. Yeah. The Blockbuster, Blockbuster bowl. bowl in Miami yeah. at his stadium. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Martina Navratilova, did you hear this story with her interview this week? She was angry and feels let down by the BBC when it came out how much John McEnroe is getting paid, at least 10 times what she does for their respective roles broadcasting oh, no. Wimbledon in England. She says she was told she would be earning a comparable amount, so she was not told the truth, says it's extremely unfair, makes me angry. BBC says they don't do the same amount of work. These are not comparable comparisons. I said the same thing about John when uh, when they released the W-2s. I was pissed. That's a lie. I, I, said, uh, I said, why should John get paid triple what I get paid? That's a lie. John <laughs> McEnroe gets over $200,000 for his month at Wimbledon. That's a lie. Martina Navratilova, about $20,000 for her work at what? Wimbledon. What? Oh, jeez. Not the same number of days, but... Hey, get out there and press. That if, was the press. Did he have 10 more days than her? Is that... He's I mean, contracted for literally any day the tournament's going, plus, plus publicity. Who are the... Okay, she is not. Who are the main broadcasters for Wimbledon? It's Chris uh, Chris Fowler, and who's Chris the other Everett guy? for the U.S. Mary, Mary Carrillo, isn't okay. she also? Yeah. When they do the uh, live from center court, it looks like they're filming in a submarine. Like they're calling it in a submarine. There's this tiny glass in the courts behind them. <laughs> in the corner, yeah. Yeah.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.